Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. And we are on the road. We're on the road brought to you by the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem and the Orthodox Union. And you may recall yesterday, toward the very end of our show here in Atlanta, Georgia, we mentioned, and in fact, this was right after I was handed a note by our producer, Miriam L. Wallach, uh, we mentioned that today, uh, on Tuesday, we'd be at AJA, the Atlanta Jewish Academy, for day two of our On the Road segments here in Atlanta. Uh, what we didn't know is that when there is a threat, uh, when there is a um, discussion, a notion, a possibility of some snow and a combination of snow and rain, it seems the city of Atlanta at all comes to a halt. And apparently all schools, public and private I would assume, uh, plus all colleges and universities are shut down in the city of Atlanta today because of the imminent threatening storm. Uh, when we embarked on our trip to our new Tuesday location, the Young Israel of Toco Hills, uh, where you may recall we were yesterday, uh, we were in the mid-40s and not a trace of a storm in sight. But apparently later today, there will be some snow and rain, and uh, that is why the city of Atlanta has decided to collectively stand by don't try to go about their normal daily activities. And hence, the Atlanta Jewish community, or Atlanta Jewish Academy, rather, is closed today. And the Youngersville of Toco Hills has again opened up their doors and opened up their arms for us to come and broadcast here at the synagogue. That is the story in short. Um, for those who think we're not going to be making fun of the fact that we are New Yorkers and... Um, that this type of weather prediction would not close down the city, although I did comment that Mayor de Blasio might prefer it this way after his run of bad luck uh, back in November. Um, Nonetheless, uh, it's certainly going to be a topic of conversation today. That I can guarantee you as we talk about the city of Atlanta. And I think years ago, am I right that years ago when Dallas had the Super Bowl, they had snow that week, and in the city there came to a, a... But that came to a real, right? That 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 was a real stoppage because it went, went from snow to rain very quickly. The city flooded out, and and the one week where they where they don't need snow... They never have snow down there, and the one week they didn't need it, they had it. This week, here we are in Atlanta where the Super Bowl is about to take place, and again, they're going through this Tuesday media day where apparently it's going to be one big mess at some point in town. Miriam L. Wallach is here, having having to have completely adjusted to this new reality that we will not be visiting the Atlanta Jewish Academy today, but we're back in the warm and embracing atmosphere of the Young Israel of Toco Hills. Good morning to you. Good morning. Yes. Yo, Did I sum it up well? Well, I think that somebody just put a snowflake icon on weather.com by accident, and that's why the panic has ensued. It's 49 degrees outside. 49 now? 49. It's 49 it is, degrees. It is supposed to go into the mid-30s later this Great, morning. Great, because it can't snow at 49. I don't know much. I know it can't snow at 49. And uh, I never thought that this would be what would uh, alter our trip uh, somewhat. Right. This was this was funny. I mean, yeah. listen, it, we've been wrong before. It very well may be a blizzard later. 
right now it's 49 degrees and I'm not even wearing a coat. What is funny, and again, those in New York and New Jersey, believe me, you'll be able to relate to this. Uh, we know what happened in November. And with the people, you know, who were stranded for 12 hours sure. on the road because of a storm that was very quick and started during rush hour. Yeah. Apparently, that's what happened down here. Back in 2012, they had a similar episode. Really? Where, every, where again, happened during rush hour, very quickly, people stranded, kids, you know, sleeping in schools overnight, things like that. And, and since then, just like we've experienced in the short term up north, since then, they've been overcautious about uh, letting the regular school day occur when there's any type of rain and snow combination in the forecast. Right. So, so Rabbi Starr and I joked yesterday that, um, you know, he is orig- he's originally from Rig- Riverdale, or not originally, originally. Right. But, Spent a lot right. of time in Riverdale. Spent a lot of time in Riverdale. I went to SAR. So when there was a possibility of a flake, you canceled school, but that's because SAR is on a cliff. Right. Right. <laughs> and um, you do not want to mess with Mother Nature at that point when you have kids on buses. So we completely understand the idea of being cautious. That being said, it's 49 degrees outside. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. It certainly has put a little bit of a wrench in our plans. We did plan on spending the day at AJA. We planned on getting filming done and work done with the kids and having a grand old time and bringing Mayor Kay there. Instead, we have invited everyone to join us here at the Uncle of Toco Hills. And Toco Hills has certainly opened its doors yet again this morning. Our thanks to Leslie. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Leslie. Um, who I promised we could just let ourselves in. I mean, we're New Yorkers. Just just tell us how to get in and we'll take care of it. But no, she is just too nice and too Southern and wouldn't hear of it. So here she is again, morning number two. Leslie, we will not be here tomorrow. Well, at least that's not the plan. That's not the plan. Who knows what's going to happen right, with, the, uh, right. with, the st- with the imminent storm. We may, be, we may be stranded here between now and tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. We'll have no choice with the broadcast. You never know. But all I know is that I had also joked with Rabbi Starr yesterday when uh, we were outside and filming, etc., and working on the Kosher Halftime Show. And uh, forget that there's not a cloud in the sky. It right. was how warm yesterday? I mean, it was pretty warm yesterday right. outside. Um, when the sun was out, it was really nice. Yeah. Right. So at one point, I said to him, listen, just hire me a bus. Rent me a bus. I'll pick up all your kids, and we'll have school tomorrow. This is like, <laughs> it's not a problem. I can drive in the snow. But uh, he's also a northerner, so uh, he appreciates this. But I, this is the this is the way they roll, right? Jerusalem also closed down. Oh, in, yeah. Uh, I mean, come on. Jerusalem. Jerusalem, where they water the snow in order to try to get it off the street, which is not the best strategy. No, and you can't it. squeegee it either. Correct. You can't squeegee it either. I'd like to know, what what are what is the average number of days per school year that they actually close school in Atlanta for snow? Like, sn- snow days, right, traditional snow days happen how often down here? Were there any last school year? Were any year before that? Like, I don't know, but I have a feeling your, your 7 o'clock guest can answer all of those questions. I'm going to ask him because I'm curious about that. Um, I guess one of the reasons, you know, there's a hesitation in the New York area to close school for a storm because you never know when you may need those snow days. You never know when you may have a blizzard of three, four days in a row and you really need those snow days. Here, I would assume it's not a concern. You can close school and be confident relatively right. that between now and the end of March, you're not really going to need uh, any more snow days. So that could be another reason why that's happening. Now, today's media day at the Super Bowl, and we were down at the NFL Experience yesterday and doing a lot of uh, kosher halftime show filming. I think you're still trying to get out of the NFL Experience. Gosh, that was, that was one of the hardest things, was, was getting in and out of the building. Um, but um, Mayor Kay will join us in the third hour. We'll talk a little bit about what to expect Sunday when we make the kosher halftime show 2019 available to the public. It is being presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm. 
We have many great commercial sponsors, and we thank all of them. And we're getting ready for what I think will be a different Kosher Halftime Show, a uh, fun and humorous Kosher Halftime Show, mm-hmm. and uh, just an opportunity to, you know, have some fun. And when Mayor Kay is around... There's always fun involved. There's always fun, and he has this ability to uh, really get the people around him to do things that they normally would not do. Otherwise known as you. Yeah. Right. So we'll It see. also helped that your manager was not around yesterday afternoon when some of the stuff was happening. Because you would have... I don't know what I would have, but I also know your comfort zone. I know that Mayor likes to push your comfort zone, which is fine, which is one of the reasons that we right. we adore him. Um, and he also respects your the, the limits of your comfort zone and the limits of where I will allow him to stretch your comfort zone. Well, I don't know if we could say that he uh, right. <laughs> observed those limits yesterday. Right. We'll he, he trampled all over them, but that's why I'm saying maybe yesterday was successful, <laughs> Dafka, because I wasn't there. Um, well, that could be. But whatever the case is, I think we have a humorous and fun kosher halftime show in the making. Uh, certainly, Jewish music is involved. We'll discuss those personalities from the world of Jewish music that mm-hmm. have uh, joined us. We'll do that with Mayor Kay later on in the 8 o'clock hour. And Atlanta's been really nice to us. And yes. we, we have to take this opportunity to thank the Schloss family. Oh, my gosh. Who have been, uh, especially Lydia, who ha- they have been incredible and amazing to our entire team, not just to us, but to our entire team. And the team does consist of performers and uh, musicians and videographers videographers and and of course mayor k and of course mayor k our immediate nsn team so a big thank you to all of them uh, at the schloss uh, uh, a a, a big thank you to the entire schloss family from all of us here at jm and the am and the nachum siegel network all right so there you have it um anything you want to add before we go to some music no there's just there's um it's going to be a great show today, and um, I truly appreciate. I just want to thank all our guests who had to move locations. For a number of them, it wasn't an issue. For a couple of them, it was a little bit more complicated. Right. Um, but we appreciate everyone literally just going with the flow, and um, and whatever. We're looking forward to a great show. And anybody, if your kids are home, and by the way, we know your kids are home. So if you're <laughs> in the if you're in the area, come on over. We will be here till nine o'clock afterwards. I mean, we will be heading over. Can we, can we discuss this now or no? Well, I think it would be a good idea to at least um, yeah. let the parents know that if they're looking for um, if they're looking for us and if the kids in their house are looking for Mayor Kay, mm-hmm. um, they could find him and us, most likely, at the Spicy Peach under the leadership of Jody Wittenberg in uh, also the Toco Hill section, right? The Toco it's Hill a street. It's literally right here. Yeah, it's, it's right over there. Is that where you just were before? No, it was down the other way. No. I know my way around here now. Um, so we'll be across the street at the Spicy Peach. and um, Right, we'll be at the we'll Spicy Peach. We'll be doing Peach. some filming, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Should be a lot of fun. Come on by and say hi. Right, and also we should just mention that the uh, pre-record for Naomi. Right. Naomi Nachman is scheduled to be with us. Correct. She's now postponed her um, her Atlanta adventure for a couple of weeks. We'll obviously give everybody the details once yes. we have them set in stone. But her plans changed at the last minute, so right. she will be down here. At Not the, weather-related. Right. At the Spicy Peach, <laughs> she'll be... <laughs> Naomi's like, what? They're expecting an eighth of an inch of snow? My flight's going to be delayed? <laughs> yeah, no, something else came up. Something personal for Naomi came up and um, made a last-minute decision, a certainly prudent decision um, to reschedule, and we are looking forward to getting her down here to Atlanta. She and Yoni will da- make a day trip down to Atlanta and uh, take care of that show from the Spicy Peach 
at a date to be determined, a soon date to be determined. And she'll be doing a book signing at the same time Correct. for Atlanta. Yep. So we'll let everyone know when that is, and obviously they'll spread the word down here. Right, and that show was brought to you by our friends at Natural and Kosher, and we appreciate them also going with the flow. Um, you know, priorities are priorities, and um, and we support Naomi. Thank you, Natural and Kosher, and a big uh, thumbs up and a, a big shout out to all you guys at Natural and Kosher. Um, JM in the AM at 17 minutes after the hour. More coming up as we broadcast from the Young Israel of Toco Hills on an early Tuesday morning. That's right, we're at the Young Israel. We were supposed to be at the Atlanta Jewish Academy, but guess what? There's Just snow. Kidding. There's snow on the way, so they've canceled school, and we'll be doing all of our programming from. Here, the young Israel of Toko Hills this morning. Keep it right here at JM in the AM. Oh, 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 
J.M. in the A.M. with the Chizuk Nigun done by Yehuda Green. We're at the Young Israel of Toko Hills. We've gotten some reaction on the NSN app regarding our snow conversation. They need some Chizuk because the snow's brutal. That's why you picked this Nigun. Um, we all have to band together. Listener Terry says, Boker Tov from insanely cold New York. Enjoy Atlanta. Thanks for connecting all of Am Yisrael. Wherever we are, we are one nation. Thank you, Terry. She also says she was in Dallas the year that I'm talking about. At the airport, strangers were sharing cabs based on destination because there were no because there were so few cabs available. Yeah, we call that now crowd sharing. Yeah, um, crowd sharing. Right. It was pre. Right. It was pre Uber share. Exactly. Um, then it was just where are you going. Listener, the Klein says, "I grew up in Atlanta. Unfortunately, we never had a snow day." Shout out to Rabbi E. Of AJA, he survived us. He could survive anything, including including today's snow. So we have some. I think we're all going to survive today's snow. We have some old time Atlanta people checking in. My money's on us. Oh, we'll survive. Maybe we need to like you know shovel people out and help people with their. Remember when we were stuck? This is pre Yoni, by the way. When we were stuck in Israel during that snowstorm. Hmm. Let me think. Do I remember that? Yes, because you're still bitter about it. But that's not why I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it up. You mean when my bec- staff abandoned yes, me? Yes, that's the abandonment trip. Correct. Yes, the 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 famous abandonment trip. But that's not why I'm bringing this up. When you offered Israeli drivers to just take their cars and right. move them. Right. It was ridiculous. Yes, because you're watching them put cardboard on the oh. ground and try and drive onto the cardboard. And just no, but it was sort of like, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost not exaggerating here, it's sort of like they put the cardboard in back of the car and then tried to go forward. Right. Like, it, it was ridiculous. Like they, It was just ridiculous. But anyway. Right. So you had actually I actually, offered, I actually was walking by that and is said, correct. please get out of right, here. Right. Please. Car. I'm begging you. Let me do this. Let me do this. I will help you. Right. It's the funniest thing. I am a skilled New York driver. And here we are in, uh, in a town that gets very little snow, I would bet, on average. And they're paralyzed by the, the notion the that they're being a snowstorm. Remember, we were not supposed to be at the unusual of Toko Hills this morning. We were supposed to be at school. I know. School. Leslie was banking on the fact that we weren't coming back. We were supposed it. to be at school today. I know. We were supposed to be at school. It's and, another day. I'm not in school. And checking out one of the great schools of Atlanta. Yes. The Atlanta Jewish Academy. You know, and with our travel schedule and with our broadcast schedule, I mean, like when's the next time we're going to be at AJA? I mean, we, we may never get back there. I don't know. It's really up to Naftali Herman. <laughs> <laughs> we we may never get back to AJA. Tully better be like, oh yeah, where are you guys we, are coming? Back. We may never have an opportunity to broadcast from a beautiful, large Atlanta school like that, which it really is. Yeah, you know, it's, it's lovely. The it whole is, place is incredible. I I remember that when we came down in November for our advanced trip, and I was trying to reach an, um, a specific faculty member um, in advance of our trip because we really needed to meet with him. Right. And I kept on calling the office, and they're like, okay, we'll try and find him. And I didn't understand what that meant. I mean, my kids go to Hafter. You can you can find a, a faculty member and whatever. I mean, the, the, the school's big, but you can find somebody. Meanwhile, then I get to AJA, and I'm like, okay, now I get it. Because the campus is ginormous. They could be in another stratosphere. They could be in the new gym. Of course you can't reach them. And it could take 10 minutes to get back to the right place. It certainly does take a while. I mean, Rabbi Lubitz has some time on his hands this morning. <laughs> so he is joining us. I mean... Rabbi, we're not going to start this interview early because I'm really just going to invite you to join Nahum at 7 o'clock as we had scheduled, but we're having a little bit of fun with the snow. Or the lack thereof. I'm happy to import some snow if you guys need. I know. Yeah, we were aware aware of the temperature outside and... 
Uh, we may have to start the interview early because we didn't allow for the snow segment. It's baffling. The whole thing is baffling. All right, whatever. It's all good. We had um, a great time yesterday uh, doing the film, doing the, uh, part of the filming for the Kosher Halftime Show. Yeah, everyone should expect an interesting Kosher Halftime Show from Atlanta this exciting. coming Sunday. And certainly an exciting one. Right. One that includes local talent, one that includes talent from Israel. How do you yes. explain that? Atlanta and Israel in the same Kosher Halftime Show. It's going to be interesting. Not just that, but in some of the same scenes. In the yes. kosher halftime show, you have both Israel and Atlanta represented. Yeah, there were there were there were um, multiple different kipot represented yesterday. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, Yoni, I was watching it. It was a good visual. A a um, an array of uh, uh, an array an assortment of yarmulkes. Exactly. An assortment of a variety of yarmulkes. Exactly, including uh, Mayor Kay's plaid. Right, which gives right. which gives our people a. Um, a certain panage. A there certain, you go. A, a certain. <laughs> you never heard that word, Yoni? Are you serious? <laughs> Could you send you it to high school? Oh my God! Please? For the love of Rabbi Lubitz, do you have time for well, him? Well, well, forget that. Maybe we should get his principal from Houston on the phone. No, I do not think we should get the principal from Houston on the phone. <laughs> no, I think the seagulls have put up with enough. We're gonna leave them alone, Lord. Uh, oh yeah, there are seagulls that are down there. Yeah. Right? Well, they were. They were. Oh, they the, were. Now that, they're in California. In, that, in 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 the Pollock era, in the right. Pollock Baron era, it was the it was. Um, Talk about schools that have never been the same since one student left. There you go. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, they also they don't Rabbi Rabbi Siegel now on the West Coast does not deal with snow days either. But we hope. But the way things are going, it's in paralyzed. This country, right. I, I mean, we've seen what happens in New York now, and there's uh, you know. Uh, a discussion about snow, all of a sudden, you know, people are taking extra precautions. I mean, I don't know if you noticed last week, we're making fun of Atlanta. Because we are making of, fun, which of is what, not nice. Because of what happened in November in New York. Yes. I don't know if you noticed last week. Well, you weren't in Manhattan last week, but last week in Manhattan, they had salted the roads. In advance. The night before, and it never snowed. That's what was so funny. So, uh, so I'm slipping and sliding on the street as I cross the street because of salt. Because not of salt. Because of snow. But this is what happens when you have one of those snowmageddons, as they call it, which we had back in November, and apparently... Right, that was actually a bad day. That was a very bad day. Yeah. Apparently, that's what they had here in 2012, which has led to all this panic whenever they hear about I'm snow telling you, somebody forecast. just hit the snow icon on the app. And made a mistake. That's all it was. And in addition to that, you have two NFL teams that are preparing for the uh, big game this Sunday. When I was standing outside the NFL experience while you guys were in, and I was babysitting the bags that weren't allowed in, yeah. there were a whole bunch of Pats fans. Who clearly were not impressed town. by the cold, but then there were these Rams fans who were like bundled up. I'm like, guys, just settle down. I'm shocked you saw any Rams fans. Well, they were bundled up. That's there why I said there I are actually, none in town. I made a there joke. Are none in town. I made a joke to Mayor Furtick. I'm like, wow, it's like Brady jerseys all over the place. And oh, then this everywhere. woman goes, No, I'm wearing a Rams jersey. I, but she had to like take off her scarf and her earmuffs. I'm like, just relax. <laughs> all right, so give me a but minute. Settle down. Give me a minute just to express my frustration. At what? At the fact that, that, again, I have witnessed in my life this generation, literally 20 oh, no. years of, the Pats, of being fans hopping on a bandwagon. Because the entire country, I said to everyone, you were in Atlanta. If anybody should hate Brady, it's Atlanta. Who wouldn't hate him more than the people in Atlanta? And instead, what do you have? A town completely overrun yep. by, by Brady fans and New England fans because of this craze that I saw as a youngster for the Steelers and Niners and all these teams. And all of a sudden, the entire country's rooting for because they win a few championships. Just or, a few. Or in this case, just domi- a few. dominating for two decades. Right. Anyway, that's my football rant. More coming up from Atlanta. Well, that's the, good. The home of Super Bowl 53 and the home Check that off of the Nahum Siegel Network uh, for this week. Remember, uh, while the entire country is focused – 
on this football game, while the entire country is focused on the city of Atlanta, we are focused on the Jewish community of Atlanta and the Jewish communities of the surrounding areas, the southeastern portion of the United States, as we're brought to you by the American Committee for Charitetic Medical Center in Jerusalem and the Orthodox Union. We're going to be continue to explore during this trip some amazing communities in the southeast region of the U.S. and, of course, speak a lot this morning about the community of Atlanta. You mentioned Rabbi Lubitz. He'll join us coming up. Uh, he is the head of school at the uh, Atlanta Jewish Academy, and he has the day off. But nonetheless, he's here early in the morning. Does he have the day off? I think we're going to discuss that. And he'll join us coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. Feel free to comment on the NSN app. Go to the NSN Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away.
Canceled down here. Apparently, there's a threat of almost snow. Uh, it's uh, it's a big week for us as we're presented by the American Committee for Shiretetic Medical Center in Jerusalem, and of course, the Orthodox Union. Thanking enough Tully Herman for all of his hard work and uh, teaming up with our very own Miriam L. Wallach to set up some conversations with um, representatives from the different areas of the southeastern portion of the United States to talk about the communities of the southeast. Uh, the world is focused on Atlanta for, uh, I think, obvious reasons. The biggest game of the year is being played here this coming Sunday. We are focused on the Jewish community of Atlanta and the uh, surrounding communities of this portion of the United States of America uh, that have tremendous history, very rich history, and in addition to that have um, great presence and futures. Um I know that working with Naftali Herman gave you an opportunity to learn about communities that uh, we knew very little about before we went into this project. That's for sure. Um, but I wouldn't say that my experience is unique to um, to me, but rather to many people probably outside of those communities. We know that there are communities that exist, but we don't appreciate just how flourishing and how robust they are. And that's part of the goal of these broadcasts. It's also, as we mentioned yesterday, it is part of the goal of the communities fair that is held every two years by the right. OU, giving people an opportunity to really see and appreciate life outside of the New York, New Jersey metro area and how life is vibrant and how life is, is fun and, and warm and loving in these wonderful communities. And opportunity knocks in many cases Correct. for people in the right professions. Correct. And, you know, you see that in Atlanta. I mean, we're, we're going to be joined by a number of different guests. Again, today, tomorrow, or the, the shows that we are, that are being produced down here are filled with unbelievable personalities and people who are not here because they have to be. They certainly want to be. I have yet to find somebody in Atlanta, and I'm not saying this to be funny, who's not happy here. 
Yeah, that's true. Right. It's almost why disconcerting. <laughs> I got to be honest as a New Yorker. But, um, but how come no naysayers? Why is no one complaining? Right. <laughs> demanded to have been on the right. Air. There's right. First of all, there's nobody who's giving nobody, me a hard time. Nobody with a rebuttal about all these nice things we're saying. Right. About Everybody's like, yeah, it actually. It actually just really is a nice By the place way, to live. You raise a point that I, I I want to stress for a moment. I want to dedicate, for obvious reasons, um, uh, this week's programming to uh, both the chairman and I guess we'd call him co-chair of the Jewish Unity Initiative, Simon Jacob and Dr. Joe Rosazada, both of whom, of course, were very helpful to us setting up this trip. And uh, one of the one of the goals of the Jewish Unity Initiative is to open up the eyes and ears of people who uh, listen and pay attention to our broadcasts. Uh, to different communities around the world and to really unite them. Obviously, uh, we know that it was founded because of times of tragedy, but even in, in you know, what we would say, you know, regular times, even in, on, a, mm-hmm. on the day-to-day level, Correct. Uh, we want people to be aware of what's happening in Jewish communities around the world. Even on a snow day. Even, even on, on a, a snow day. Even on a snow question mark day here in Atlanta. Right. So there are, um, so there are multiple goals of these, for these programs this week. And, um, but but again, like you know, we're we're spending all this time with different members um, of different facets of the community, and that's something you know that will you'll be highlighting um, probably starting you know over the the next two shows you know taking place tomorrow. Right, is the integration of of multi backgrounded, multi denominational members of this community who are all just working together as Jews. And we joke, you know, you don't you don't see that in New York. And it's it's not funny. It's not well, a good you, joke. You can find it, but it's not right. as obvious. But it's yet. not right. And it's and it's certainly not happening in the forefront. Right. And it's certainly not happening being headlined and um, and there's there's I don't want to say a sadness to that, but there's a reality to that. But here, when we're in Atlanta, and we saw this also in Pittsburgh, when we saw this when we when we did our broadcast in Pittsburgh, there is such a a, a true like unity. There's a real feeling yeah. of it's, unity. I'd say it's a different kind of unity than we're used to. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's um, fine. I don't want to. I don't want to minimize the unity we do have up in the New York, New Jersey area. But it's very easy like to be Jewish in New York. Was part of the conversation yesterday with Eric Robbins, right. right? It's very easy to be Jewish in New York. At which point, I told them it's very easy to be an anonymous Jew in New York. Correct, <laughs> right. but here it's very. It, it's they've made it very easy to be a proud Jew in Atlanta. <laughs> no question about that. And here we are in Atlanta, ready to wrap up the first hour and start with some of our guests who are going to be joining us. All coming up. Between now and 9 a.m., it's Super Bowl week, and for us, as the country focuses on Atlanta, we focus on the Jewish community of Atlanta and the surrounding communities of the Southeast United States. More coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM. Oh, 
It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, on the web, at on the Nachum Siegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app or on Facebook Live. Go to facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. Again, go to facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network for this historic encounter with me and Rabbi Ari Lubitz, who is the head of school at the Atlanta Jewish Academy. Rabbi Lubitz, welcome to JM in the AM. It is wonderful to be here. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. It was great seeing you back in November in the uh, confines of your beautiful, spacious, incredible-looking school. No doubt the envy of many Jewish educators around the country. And you've been around the country, but to different places. You've seen what people have to work with school-wise. You have an incredible facility. Thank you very much. I uh, spent some time in New York, in Southern California, Northern California, so I've been uh, able to get around, and we are very blessed to have a great facility. We just added a uh, gymnasium to our school. Which is remarkable. <laughs> we saw it as it was being completed. Just incredible. And it's a shame, frankly, and I don't want to lament, and I won't, <laughs> but I do have to mention it's a shame we weren't able to be in the school this morning because it was one of the places that we really wanted to feature for our audience, deservedly so, because uh, of what the uh, AJA represents and what you're doing over there. Uh, one of these rarities, you have a snow day. I know us Northeasterners are making fun. You can relate to it because you've been in different places around the country. There's a threat of snow, and basically it's not just AJA. We shouldn't blame you. The entire city, it seems, is shutting down. Colleges, public schools, etc. So a little bit of a, uh, of a leisure day here in Atlanta. 
uh, because of the circumstances. And hopefully, hopefully, next time we are down here, we'll be able to actually broadcast from your facility. I had this um, this vision, and I don't, know, I don't know if this would have come to fruition practically. I had this vision of actually broadcasting from the stage in your beautiful theater because in addition to the gym, you have a lovely, must be six, 700-seat theater that must be uh, so wonderful for the kids to deal with and present their uh, you know, different um, um, presentations and their uh, performances. Uh, and that's just one little aspect of the great facility that you have. So hopefully one day that'll happen. We use that uh, facilities for many things. Our, um, our place is used pretty much uh, from the morning till the night. Our auditorium, about once a month, we have a all-school egg and all the kids pile in there. It's like a little uh, a concert of sorts, and it sends us off in uh, good spirits. And you've had some artists that we know. You've mm-hmm. had some pretty well-known people who visited the school and, uh, and participated with the kids. But it's not all about the physical layout of the school. As beautiful as your facility yeah. is, there are a lot of other important things going on. You've collected a wonderful staff which, again, many New Yorkers would say, how do you get such great people to go out of town to Atlanta to be part of your Judaic uh, um, studies uh, department and your secular department? That's number one. And you have a great student body. Start with the staff. How do you put together uh, all these people down here in Atlanta to form the staff that you have? So I think part of it is there are people who are looking for a different experience, who maybe grew up in the Northeast and are looking for a different uh, quality of life. Um, I'm sure you've spoken a lot about just the, uh, the the warmth and the hospitality and the, the way of being. I like to joke to people, if you're in a rush, don't go to a supermarket here, because when they say, how are you, they're expecting an answer. So you have to be ready for that. I think of, um, of Atlanta as one big shul kiddish. And everyone likes to talk and get to know you. And so it's not for everybody because you have to be sociable. I think there are folks who are looking for that experience, um, the cost of living, and um, the weather is very intense here, as I'm sure you've (laughs) heard about this morning. So uh, I think that's a big draw. We're also a very big Israel supporter of Eyart Sioni School, and we have uh, brought in about eight or nine shlichim from uh, Eretz Yisrael and some Benot Shirut. So they help, you know, round out our Nevrit Bivit program. So uh, we have uh, about 110 staff, and um, they're really, you know, they're the, the backbone. I call them the warriors. I'm just one. They're 110 strong, uh, and they make the school what it is. And we should point out it's K through 12, right? K through 12, is it? Infant through 12. Infant through 12. So we have a six-week-old and a graduating senior. So people should realize you're supervising what all of us would refer to as elementary school and, of course, high school as well. And um, one, of the, one of the features of a major Jewish community, and you know we're talking about many different Jewish communities of the Southeast this week, but one of the uh, you know, features of a real major thriving Jewish community is a thriving high school. And you have the opportunity to have one of those here. We do. We are one. There are three high schools here. There are nine day schools in total. And um, we also, we work together. We, I know this is going to be very trite, but we get along. We have uh, quarterly meetings. I just can't believe there's nine. There's that's, nine. That's pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. And three high schools. And I assume as we give the city of Atlanta or its Jewish community the moniker of capital of the Jewish South or Jewish capital of the South, etc., cetera, uh, which I hope no other communities resent, uh, I would guess you have students from other areas of the country coming to Atlanta for high school. Am I right about that? We have students coming from virtually everywhere, from the south, from the north, in all directions. In fact, I, um, I joke when I meet people that are natives 
like, wow, a native, <laughs> a, uh, real a real land person. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's a very fast growing community and a lot of imports and people come in, they don't really leave. And so uh, we're growing. Um, when we speak about communities and, and the attractions that, uh, you know, that communities have, certain industries go with certain cities. If somebody wanted to explore, they're in the world of Jewish education or even secular education, and they're listening to this conversation, they want to explore being part of all this, is it worth a conversation with you? Of course it is. Uh, we have, uh, like you said before, early childhood through high school. Right. We're always looking for uh, new educators that will uh, help you know, nurture our, our children and grow to, uh, to be the kind of people that we want them to be. We're not only focused on the academics in our school. What I like to say is that I'm happy when you're an A-plus student, but I'm impressed when you're an A-plus human being. And in building menches requires having the midot throughout your building and role models. And so we're looking for people to help us continue that journey. All right. Tell me about the students. I would assume that uh, uh, as we continue this adventure down here in Atlanta and we meet such a diverse group of people uh, from all walks of Jewish life, I would guess that your student body represents the same type of, uh, of variety. It does. We have um, not only from you know the country, both in our school, we have um, you know, Israelis who are coming for business. We have uh, people who are on a path. We have um, people who are local. We, we have it all, and I think the uh, it works. It works in our building because it starts from a place of Derech It starts from a place of Midot. Everybody that comes to our building has to have a pit stop by my office where I share what our mission is, what our goal is, and it works inside our building, and we don't have, uh, you know, we don't have any burgers, thank God. Right, thank God is right. And there's a um, there's just an opportunity, I guess, for a lot of people. A lot of people in our base, or at our base in the New York, New Jersey area, may not understand this at this point. In my day, we still had it up there. Uh, you have an opportunity to really interact with families of so many different backgrounds. You do have, I'm assuming, people who are you know not yet you know ritually following everything, let's put it that way, from families that are, you know, that are advancing in their Judaism. And I'm sure you have people who are from Shomer Shabbos families who are, you know, doing this on a regular basis. And the cohesive unit that they're able to form, which might be a surprise to some of the people listening, you get to see it every day. We do. We have uh, people who are on different types of journeys or on different directs or our other schools for people who are, you know, choosing to be on a different lifestyle. But for those who want to be on a path of uh, Torah mitzvot, they come to our school and uh, we work with them. I, I love that work, and I love to, uh, you know, to gather people together and, and help them. And uh, we set up shidduchs with people who are learning, people who know a little more, and they work together. Unbelievable. Rabbi Ari Lubitz is the head of school at uh, the Atlanta Jewish Academy, where we were supposed to be this morning. He's got somewhat of a day off today because of the uh, imminent snow, or lack thereof, that's, uh, that Atlanta is expecting. And um, the total number of students that you have um, infant through 12 would be what? How many? We're about 465 students throughout the uh, building. Again, a number that I think would be very impressive to people around the country who don't realize how powerful a community Atlanta is. What do you think of the future of this community? I know it continues to grow, and every time we mention the word future, everyone's just talking about numbers, how so many people are moving here, and tech, the tech uh, you know, segment is benefiting from so many Jewish and non-Jewish who want to be in this area. What do you see in terms of the future of the Jewish community of Atlanta? So I'm actually not a big uh, numbers guy, and uh, <laughs> thinking about you know, numbers is probably secondary. For me, it's more about quality, and I think that we are building a community 
where people interact, where children understand, you know, right from wrong. There is a, a sense of what, like an expectation, a tarbut uh, of Derech Eretz, and a connection to uh, Tam Yisrael and to Medina Yisrael. And I think people are really um, growing, and that's what makes uh, me happy. And when I look at the the young students in our school and in this shul, there is a tremendous future for all of us. One of the reasons that I came to this school, having been in three or four different schools throughout the country, was the ability that we can be under one roof together right. and in a modern Orthodox school and be able to be a school for everybody and to be able to grow together and be able to do that from all the way from infant through high school was something that I, I couldn't pass up. I, my previous school was a K-8. Before that was a high school. And here's an ability where people can actually journey through um, all the way through our school, understanding these values that we can coexist and we can grow as one. Does being in this part of the United States help when trying to impart midot on children? Because it seems that there's a, I don't know, a certain atmosphere, as you indicated, with the conversations that have to take place in the supermarket. I'd be prepared for that if you're coming down to Atlanta. There's something about this region of the country that has a little bit of that extra derech eretz, it seems. It's certainly true, and I'm glad that you picked up on it. <laughs> I think that in uh, in smaller cities initially, there is a sense that everyone has to kind of get along and has to work together because it's a necessity. But what happened in Atlanta is that that was true, but as the community started to grow, that culture just stayed. And it's a, uh, a smaller Jewish community in a very big city, but it has that Southern charm to it, and, and that is true, and that is the expectation. Who's responsible for your amazing campus? Is this a campus that's 50, 60 years old or one that's just recently built? So Atlanta Jewish Community is actually a merger of two legacy institutions, uh, both 50, 60 years old. And uh, we recently merged with Yeshiva Atlanta, which was a high school. We sold that building and then built a new high school wing onto ours. Our primary campus has been there for some time, but the high school is a new addition, and of course the gymnasium is a new, new addition. How are you spending your snow day? Um, hot chocolate, you know, cozying <laughs> up by the fire. Well, I'll wait do, a second, I'll Rabbi. Skiing you, later. You may not be aware of the fact that there is no snow on your snow day. <laughs> is that true? Nobody told me. You know, there, there are downsides to Atlanta. I have to admit, we are snowphobic. There are two or three plows probably somewhere in Atlanta. That's it. Huh? And you say the word snow, and everyone goes running. So uh, it was a beautiful 50 degrees this morning, and uh, it may drop a little bit later. But uh, so it goes. Are your students thrilled that the entire country is focused on Atlanta this week or they couldn't care less? <laughs> um, I, I don't think it's really raised itself inside of the building. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Uh, Friday, we're going to have a spirit day so they get to wear their jerseys. Nice. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> um, I heard because of our intense snow today that uh, some children may be making their way downtown right. to experience. Well, that's fun. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's good. And, uh, you know, we'll keep working over here. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you at the Atlanta Jewish Academy. I look forward. Maybe there'll be a future visit there, Bezrat Hashem. We would love to have you. Our children are disappointed. We had a whole you know, program, everything ready for you guys. Oh, but, uh, this is so painful. <laughs> <laughs> the weatherman has killed us. <laughs> and we, So we hope to do that in the future, but a pleasure having you here this morning. It was my Thank pleasure. You so Thank much. you for all that you do. Rabbi Ari Lubitz, he is the head of school at the Atlanta Jewish Academy Joining us here at the Young Israel of Toco Hills as we um, adjust to the fact that we are in the middle of a snow day here in Atlanta. Ah, oh, is this is this Rabbi Jake? Is this Rabbi Jake himself? Ladies and gentlemen, I take this opportunity to 
give you around the country and around the world one of Atlanta's own. Rabbi Jake is here at JM in the AM. Good morning to you. Good morning, Nachum. Welcome to Snow Pop. Welcome to the snow capital of the world. Um, how long ago did Rabbi Jake uh, debut his first album? And we we spent some, I think we spent some time together on JM. Yeah, we did. Uh, it was around three years ago. It was three years ago, know. and that was geared toward students, kids, correct? Yeah, Jewish children. All your original music. All my original music. And yeah. talking about themes like Shabbos and Olive Bays and themes Shabbos and Olive Bays, but I try to also focus on certain themes that I don't see. That I don't always see students getting like. Uh, faith and excitement towards Judaism and, you know, those type of themes. How did well. you get into this? How did you start singing about Jewish themes and presenting them in a musical fashion? Well, I, I would say I'm a unique in, in a sense where I'm more of a Jewish educator first, musician second. So I just, by nature, want to teach, I'd say. Are and you, in fact, a teacher? I, I, I actually work for, for NCSY. Uh-huh. So I actually used to be at AJA. And then uh, Rabbi Neidich down here, he has the, we actually have one of the biggest, uh, we have our own region in Atlanta only because of Rabbi Neidich's success down here. And uh, so he's been (coughs) trying to get me to come on to NCSY for many years and it kind of worked out, so... All right, so there was the very first album that we called what, Rabbi Jake? Was yeah, that the Rabbi Jake Volume 1. All right, and then there was a Volume 2, <laughs> right? Volume 2. Also geared to the young people. Yes. Today, I see you have yeah. something else in front of you. Yeah, here's your own copy. You know? This is my <laughs> own copy of a 12-selection CD by Atlanta's own Rabbi Jake, and Rabbi Jake Music presents Tzidkiyahu. Yeah. Tzidkiyahu Volume 1. Why is this called Tzidkiyahu? Tzidkiyahu actually is the name I'm called up to the Torah by ah. Tzidkiyahu Yaakov. So uh, Tzidkiyahu is uh, my actual Hebrew name. Uh, whenever I was in yeshiva, the next day the rabbi would just call me Jake or Yaakov because <laughs> right, they weren't exactly sure what Tzidkiyahu was. But <laughs> right. Tzidkiyahu actually was a great melech in the in the Torah. And one neat thing about him is that he, uh, just like Shimshon, Shimshon was a gibor, you know, he had superpowers and right. certain strength. So sources say Tzitkyo, his he had special eyes that even in darkness he could see light. And that's what I try to do with my music is, uh, you know, there's some darkness out there in the world. I try to spread whatever light I can. All right. Now, the track we're going to be listening to is called Flag of Israel. Is that the one? Uh, Which one are we doing, Yoni? Flag of Israel? Flag of Israel. All right. Tell me about yeah. this one. So this is actually a, uh, it's a cover of a, of a song that is by Magic System. It's a group out there, and uh, I was actually going. We have an Israel trip, an NCSY Israel trip every summer here in Atlanta. Own Israel trip called JSU Go, and we were going to Israel. And I tried to capture the most important uh, parts, uh, the most most important hashkafa uh, outlook into the song. So you'll hear it. We have themes of Am Yisrael Chai, and our land is thriving, and we're coming home. And w- every morning in Israel, we would uh, blast it on the bus. The teens would would love, it. and then we'd look outside, and we'd see literally the land of Israel sprouting in our eyes and uh it was a way to kind of teach and yet uh you know experience israel at the same time from sid kiyahu volume number one atlanta's own rabbi jake with flag of israel at jm in the am feel the magic in the Feel the magic in the air, ale, 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 flag of Israel, ale, 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 magisha kesem ba'avir, ale, 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 dega Israel, ale, 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 feel the magic in the air, ale, 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 flag of Israel, 
Jake, thank you, Rabbi Jake. Tzidkiyahu is the name of the album, Tzidkiyahu, volume number one here at uh, JM in the AM. And that is, we love featuring local talent like we're doing in our Kosher Halftime Show. And this morning we got Rabbi Jake to join us on the air for a few minutes and to feature his Tzidkiyahu, volume number one. It's time for our Yeshiva League Sports Update every Tuesday at this time. It's our Yeshiva League Sports Update with Elliot Weiselberg. Here he is on JM in the AM. Thanks, Nachum. While the weather in Atlanta may be heading down toward the freezing mark, back up here, the road to the postseason has reached a fever pitch as we enter the final week of the regular season for five of the seven leagues. Today, on the Tuesday morning jam in the AM Sports Update, we roll through the week ahead and what is on the line as we rumble toward the MYHSAL playoffs. All that and more straight ahead. Good morning. I'm Elliot Weisselberg. 
We'll start off with Varsity Hockey, where one game has already occurred since returning from the break. The Frisch Cougars knocked off the Vermont Rams last night to put the cap on their perfect 14-0 regular season. The Cougars already know that they will be the top seed in the West and will await the winner of the East number 4 seed, Rambam, versus West number 5 play-in game. That West number 5 seed will be determined this week as Kushner and SAR square off this Saturday night with the loser heading to Rambam, while the winner will take the West number 4 seed and will host the East number 5 seed. That East number 5 seed will come down to tomorrow night's contest between Hank and North Shore. If Hank wins, they will earn the East number 5 spot. Any other result, and that spot will belong to the Mag and David Warriors. Moving over to JV Hockey now, where the West playoff spots come down to two games to sort out all seeds. Wednesday night, we'll see the marquee showdown between the top two teams, the Kushner Cobras and the TABC Storm, to determine the number one seed. For TABC to take the crown, they will need to defeat the Cobras in regulation. Any other result, and Kushner will take their first ever JV Western Division title. Thursday night, we'll see the third and fourth seeds in the West, as well as the final playoff spot in the East decided, as Ramaz will take on Flatbush. A Rams win or tie will give them the number three seed out West. Any other result, and it will belong to the SAR Sting. For Flatbush, a win will do the same for them out East. A loss, though, and they will need help to make the postseason. Want to know more? Stay tuned and I'll tell you how to find out about every possibility for each team still in the hunt for the JV and Varsity Hockey playoffs. Now on to basketball, where the JV League in the West is almost wrapped up. SAR and MTA have grabbed the top two spots. Frisch and TABC will host the first-round contest against either Heschel or Ramaz, with all four teams awaiting the TABC-Ramaz game tomorrow night and the MTA-Heschel game on Monday night. TABC and Heschel have the advantage and know that wins will give them the higher seeds over Frisch and Ramaz, respectively. Any other results? And things can get real interesting. Just to point out, though, a TABC win over Ramaz will set up a first-round game between the two teams again next week. Over in the East, no seeds are locked, but the way the division turns out will have almost everything to do with the Mag and David Warriors. With two games left, including one against DRS this Saturday night, everyone will look to their games for some clarity as to where they will wind up this postseason. Varsity basketball, on the other hand, is a mess that will need another week to work out. 18 teams are still in play for the 12 playoff spots, including every single team in the West. With 14 games between now and next Monday, including a massive showdown between Mag and David and DRS on Saturday night, by the time the Tuesday morning JM the AM Sports Update rolls around next week, we will have a much clearer picture regarding the postseason. Hungry for more information about the week ahead and curious about where your favorite team sits? Well, then be sure to pick up a copy of this week's edition of the Bergen County Jewish Link or head to their website and check out my article that turns over every stone, cleans out every closet, and combs over every possible detail heading into the final week of JV and Varsity Hockey, JV Boys Basketball, and JV and Varsity Girls Basketball with Boys Varsity Basketball on the way next week. And that was your Tuesday morning JM the AM Sports Update. I'm Elliot Weiselberg. JM in the AM. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you, everybody who's tuned in around the world. You can comment on the NSN app. Go to the NSN Home Signal Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away, as I like to say. And to join us in that forum, I uh, want to wish welcome everybody who's tuned in on the website, on the app, and uh, throughout the world 
uh, through all the different varieties of listening to JM in the AM. Well, we have a... Oh, and I want to thank the American Committee for Shower Aesthetic Medical Center in Jerusalem for sponsoring our broadcast this week. I want to thank the Orthodox Union with a special shout-out to Naftali Herman, who has worked so hard with our staff to put together amazing guests, including a guest from New Orleans, Louisiana. Does New Orleans have a thriving Jewish community? We get to explore this topic with the president of Congregation Beth Israel. That's Hal Unger. Hal, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. Thanks for having me. A pleasure to speak with you. Uh, we're in Atlanta. I hope that's okay. I, not all, I know not all of the New Orleans fans are thrilled with who's representing the NFC in the Super Bowl, but I hope that uh, that, that, that doesn't bother you. It's okay. It's been a challenging couple of days, but, you know, I think we'll be okay once the Super Bowl comes to go. We did see the New Orleans billboard up here in Atlanta, so it did it, it did make it. Anyway. Uh, oh, good. There's probably like 15 of them. Oh, there's that many? <laughs> My gosh. Uh, well, here we are, and I, I am I am somewhat familiar with the New Orleans community because of old friends who've been down there for many, many years, and a lot of people obviously are not familiar with the fact that there is a historic and thriving Jewish community down there. Give me a little bit of the history, if you can, and then we'll talk about present-day Jewish community in New Orleans, Louisiana. Sure. So um, the history of the Jews in New Orleans dates back, let's say, maybe about 150 to 200 years. The majority of the Jewish people that moved down to New Orleans moved down for commerce because of the Mississippi River, um, the largest port in the country, um, and to this day still one of the largest ports in the country. Um, there was a tremendous amount of Jewish people that came down here that started two older Reform temples, some of the oldest Reform temples in the South, and so a large part of the population uh, was part of a, a less observant Reform community. On the other hand, though, the other part of the population was a very observant community. A lot of people, especially coming over the last hundred years from Europe, um, making their way through New York down to New Orleans. And so the result is, is that today we have about 12,000 or 13,000 Jewish people in New Orleans, of a city, greater New Orleans area, post-Katrina, that has about 500,000. Is Beth Israel the largest Orthodox congregation? We are, um, yes, we are the largest Orthodox congregation. Um, there are three Orthodox congregations in New Orleans. Um, Chabad runs uh, two shows, one in Metairie, which is a suburb of New Orleans, which is where Beth Israel is located. And then we have Anshasvaz, which is um, the, the smallest of the three Orthodox shuls. So we're the largest. We've historically been the largest. We're smaller now than we were before, uh, but we're still the largest. Yeah, Metairie is, of course, the area that we were familiar with, because that's where the Jewish community essentially was at that time uh, and continues to right. be, as you just mentioned. Um, uh, Hal Unger is with us, President of Congregation Beth Israel down in New Orleans. You know, you mentioned Katrina, and there are people who we recently, uh, who, who I recently spoke to who were in New Orleans who said, you know, if you travel to certain areas of town, the effects 13 years later and the, or the, uh, the aftermath is still quite obvious and quite visible. Has it had a major impact on the Jewish community down there all these years later? Yes. So I think the way in which it's had a major impact on the Jewish community... Well, let me speak about my show for a second. Uh, Beth Israel was completely destroyed um, during Hurricane Katrina. Um, we were in New Orleans, the city proper, and we've since rebuilt, and we're in Metairie now. Right. Where we are in Metairie, uh, and, you know, with tremendous support from the Orthodox Union as part of this process, too. Um, where we rebuilt, we're within our community areas, and we're across the street from the Chabad Shul, next door to a Reform Temple down the street from the conservative show and a short, short, and then also down the street from the Jewish Community Center and the Jewish Federation. So there's this, essentially, like this Jewish corridor in Metairie now, and we're a part of that. 
and we're, we're happy to be a part of that. Um, secondarily, I think that the population has kind of changed. It's shifted a little bit younger. Um, unfortunately, some of our older members moved away from New Orleans because everybody was required to evacuate and then didn't come back. Uh, but what we've seen is that the majority of the population did come back, but then younger people are starting to move into New Orleans. And we're finding, you know, more younger people starting interested in our show, younger families. There's a lot of tech jobs and things like that. So I think the result is, is that people saw New Orleans as an opportunity city, and so the population kind of shifted a little bit younger, and that included foods within the Jewish population. It's interesting. Plus, we know some, I don't know if these are locals or people who are, you know, simply from other parts of the country who invest, but I know that members of our community uh, have real estate uh, holdings down there in that area of the country, and that that has presented certain opportunities, uh, like you alluded to, that it is, in, in fact, an area of opportunity right now. Uh, plus, I know that those who are interested in traveling to and visiting New Orleans and eventually moving there, there are some basic Jewish services that uh, that other communities may not have around the country that you guys do have. I think anything that a Jewish community really needs at this point, you have down there. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I think that's right. You know, um, you know, we we have our mikvah, we have restaurants here, we have um, we have a, a grocery store here, we have our community area, um, we have a great uh, spiritual supporter, rabbinic council. Uh, yeah, I think I think we have everything. You know, uh, Jewish day school. We have two day schools here. Um, you know, we're working to expand our Jewish education through the through the high school age. Um, that's something that's kind of like the goal of ours. Our, our Jewish education from Scholastically, formal school, um, really kind of ends in fifth grade. Um, so that's maybe a spot where we could improve. But otherwise, um, yeah, I think we have everything And we should mention, as you alluded to earlier, they were helpful in a uh, in an emergency capacity or a re- re- rebuilding capacity. And I'm sure you still feel the support of the Orthodox Union uh, during your day to day activities down there. Yeah, we are. Constantly, the OU is tremendous support for us. They're constantly helping us. Um, you know, we're you know we've gone, gone through rabbinic searches before. Tremendous support, and the Tali is always available to us, regularly coming to us, providing resources. Just uh, you know, providing an ear. We're proud to be uh, affiliated with the Orthodox Union, and and honestly, not sure how strong our show would be post Katrina without them. Who's the rabbi of Beth Israel? So the rabbi right now, Beth Israel, is Gabriel Greenberg. Um, he is uh, comes to us from the Boston area, um, and he's actually going to be finishing up his contract with us in a couple of months, and we're in the process of a rabbinic trip. Yeah. Um, so we are uh, canvassing uh, the world, really, um, looking for a uh, new rabbinic candidate to come down and uh, join us in New Orleans. Hal Unger is the president of Congregation Beth Israel in New Orleans, Louisiana, as we explore southeastern Jewish communities with our friends at the Orthodox Union this week here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Hal, I take this opportunity to thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us. Best regards to everybody in New Orleans. And uh, I assume, is there either an email or a web address you want to give out to those who are listening around the world who want to explore your community? Sure, yes. So you could send an email to info at bethisraelnola.com. Or go ahead and Google Congregation Beth Israel, um, New Orleans, and uh, we'll take you right there to our in-process revamp. You there? I'm here. There you go. Hal, you've been a great guest. Thank you so much. We, we, we missed the word site, but I assume we meant revamped website, correct? <laughs> That's right, revamped right. website. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Hal Bye-bye. Unger, representing New Orleans, Louisiana, in this amazing uh 
conversation that we are having all week long, courtesy of the Orthodox Union, about North, uh, Southeastern Jewish communities in the United States. Uh, I'm somewhat familiar with New Orleans, as I mentioned, and they are a great community. Um, before we go to Rabbi Goldwasser, we should note that Daniel Wenger did wear his TABC Storm uniform today. Uh, we, 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 we said yesterday, we challenged him yesterday to transition from Kent Misora to TABC, and he accepted the challenge. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonish Masar of Zevin, Yosef Alevi, and Zechonish Mas Esther Bas, Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. The great Reb Nachman of Breslov told of a country where every three years a new king was chosen. They would go into the field and they would crown the first person they bumped into. Once they went into the field and they found a person that was completely drunk, they put the crown on him. They brought him to the palace. They changed his simple clothing and put on royal clothing. He was so drunk he had no idea what was going on. When he woke up, he found himself sitting on the throne, clothed in royal clothing, with a crown on his head. He was surrounded by servants. He thought it was a dream. He remembered being a simple peasant lying in the gutter. He pinched himself and felt that it hurt, so he knew it wasn't a dream. If so, then his thoughts that he was a peasant must be a dream. However, he did remember that he just had a fight with another peasant and he hit his head. He felt the bump on his head and it hurt. So thinking that he was a peasant was not a dream. Now he became very confused. He didn't know whether he was a king or a peasant. He looked up and saw a fully stocked library in front of him. He thought to himself, If I open one of those books and I understand what is written there, then I know I'm really a king and not a peasant. If I don't understand anything, then I will not know that I'm really a peasant. He motioned that the books be brought to him, and when he opened the books, he didn't understand one word, so he was a peasant. Now he needed to understand why he was sitting on the throne. Then he thought to himself, maybe he is a king, maybe the peasant is a dream, maybe the other kings don't either understand what's written in the books, and maybe the library is just for show. So it is, with the sheker, the falsehoods in life. A person sees that people give him honor. He doesn't understand why. Do I deserve honor or is it a dream? If it's not dreams, so then why don't I understand the Torah? Why don't I have a bigger sensitivity for spirituality? The moral of this entire story is that a person can be anything they want. Whatever their dream is, whatever they wish to accomplish in life, in the way that a person wishes to go, so will he be led. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. JM and the AM on this Tuesday morning. We were supposed to be at the Atlanta Jewish Academy but because of the uh, aforementioned snow or possibility of snow. Uh, here in Atlanta, or lack of possibility of snow, we are here at the Young Israel of Toco Hills, uh, broadcasting day two of our week-long adventure here to Atlanta, Georgia, as the world is focused on Atlanta because of the big game that's going on here, supposedly, this coming Sunday. Um, 
where we're hoping that Los Angeles can finally obliterate the enemy. Right, Yoni? Isn't he the enemy? Brady? He's not the enemy? To me, he's the enemy. Um, uh, while the world is focused on that, we are focused uh, on Atlanta's Jewish community and other Jewish communities of the southeastern portion of the United States. And we have, speaking of Atlanta Jewish Academy, we have two um, uh, students who recently came to Atlanta Jewish Academy as new residents of Atlanta. Micah and David Fight Man are here. Who is Micah? Uh, Micah. Hello there. Nice to have you on the air. Thank you. What Pleasure grade are you in? I'm in ninth grade. Nice. And we've got David. David, what grade are you in? 11th. How would you guys describe the Jewish community of Atlanta and the Atlanta Jewish community just a few months after moving in? What would you say? Well, it's very welcoming, and it's a nice step up from uh, to be in a larger community. We, we originally came from St. Louis. Uh, that was smaller? Yeah. Oh, way smaller, way smaller. So, you know, it's for us, it was like a, yeah, it's kind of like a perfect storm because when I walk around the school, I know everyone's name. <laughs> but it's but it's not like I when I'm I'm walking around the school and I'm like I'm with the same five people over and over again. So um, you know it's been awesome. So it's know? a it's a good change. It's a good change, and you're in a larger place. And in general, the city of Atlanta and the Jewish community has this reputation for being so warm and hospitable. Have you guys picked up on that? Have you noticed that in your time here? Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Everyone's been like very welcoming when we came here like the first weekend we came here you know it was like actual problem because we couldn't leave because everyone kept on coming up to say hello to us we're like we just want to eat lunch please the shop is eat. <laughs> well that's what we heard we heard that everybody gets into conversations here because people uh want to be as uh, hospitable and as friendly as possible um so uh ninth grade and 11th grade are these i, I assume these high school grades are very challenging right i mean it's a it's not easy being a high schooler right Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but the school is very nice, and the, the the teachers are very nice, and the teachers teach well, so it's easier than you'd think. What do you think of the day off that Rabbi Lubitz gave you guys? <laughs> out of nowhere, oh, he must be a great principal. Out of nowhere, like that, he says, "You know what? Take Tuesday off, everybody." Worked out pretty well, huh? Listen, we're not complaining. We're not complaining. <laughs> You're certainly not going to complain on the air about it. It's true. Yeah. Did they have snow back in St. Louis, or this is a new thing for you? Or you've uh, actually no. seen snow well, in Atlanta, or well, not seen snow in Atlanta? Well, we're, uh, in St. Louis, we had actual snow. Before oh, did, that, we lived yeah. in New York. We lived everywhere. So, right. Well, here yeah. in Atlanta, they have the fake snow as well. They have know. the fake snow. They yeah. have the snow rumors. Exactly. Anyway, I thank both Micah and David uh, Fight Man. They are here as new students in Atlanta, Georgia, the Atlanta Jewish Academy. Continue. Good luck to you guys, and thank you for stopping by. Thank, thank you for having us. Nice to have students of AJA even though we didn't make it to AJA today we still had students of AJA here at the Young Israel of Toco Hills and I am told I am told that uh, Ariella Davis is here and Libby Fox is here Ariella is the interim principal at the Adelstone Hebrew Academy that would be in the city of Charleston, i got to get this right. Should I say North or South Carolina? Give me a second. Our friends in Charlotte are North Carolina, right? So Charleston, I think, is South. Am I right that you guys are from South Carolina? You are such a New Yorker. I'll tell you. <laughs> Rabbi Oppenheim in Charlotte's going to be shocked that I got it right. But I'm right. I did a good job on that one. So Ariella Davis is the interim principal at the Adelstone Hebrew Academy in Charleston. Libby Fox is Director of Development at the Adelstone Hebrew Academy in Charleston. Welcome to you both. Thank you. You drove here from Charleston. We did. Early this morning? No. Yeah, right. Oh, you, you did this last night? You just look really tired. No, no, no. <laughs> this is not a commentary about your appearance, trust me. 
Charleston is again one of those historic Jewish communities. It's one of those uh, uh, it's one of those places where if people would explore, they'd find a, a Jewish community history of sometimes hundreds of years. I don't know exactly in Charleston's case, but today in 2019, do you still feel and does the community still feel that it is you know one of these old time historic communities? Yes. Yeah, so there are families that are still. In the, in the BSBI synagogue that have been there for five to eight generations. Oh. Um, Lydia's BSB. family is one of them. My husband is fifth generation Charlestonian, yes. So, it, you know, this, the congregation goes back, I think, over 180 years. And BSBI stands <coughs> for? Brit Shalom Beth Israel. All right. And it's, uh, wow, that is one long-time congregation, to say the least. And they so say they never missed the minions during the Civil War. It's funny you say that because I was handed a note about a different synagogue, a different community in the southeastern part of the United States that also were lauding the fact that they had not missed a minion. I don't think it was during the period of the Civil War, but it was uh, maybe it was the entire 20th century. We'll get to it when we get to that community. But you're saying that that's how they pride themselves on that, yes. that during the Civil War – They'd ever miss Dominion. Boy, talk about being open 365 days a year. That is, <laughs> that's a trying time to stay open. That's uh, that's for sure. <laughs> so Charleston now, um, there are a couple of things I remember. I remember there was uh, a major storm. But there was some famous major. Was it Gloria? That, that was, no, Hugo. Was it Hugo? Was Hugo? Uh, and did that change the community a lot? Did people run away or just it needed some rebuilding? What was the situation with that whole thing? You know, rebuilding, I think, was um, what's pretty much it. And then I think the, the economy blew up after Hugo. So I, I actually wasn't in Charleston at the time, but uh, my husband's family was. And I think, you know, it was kind of under the beaten path. You know, it wasn't something that everybody knew about. Nobody, not a lot of people knew about Charleston. And after Hugo, everybody, you know, you came right. in, you repaired, you did what you had to do. The community came together, and then it was on the map. And from that point on, we have just continued to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And the So ironically, right. that episode helped the community in a way. I would say. I would say so. You know, we have a ton of people moving into Charleston. I think they say on average – don't quote me on the statistics, <laughs> but, you know, John's Island is one of the islands in Charleston. You know, we're just made up of a bunch of islands right. and bridges. And they say 47 people a day are moving to John's Island. Um, is just, the Jewish community feeling that? Are they increasing at all? Not as much as we would like. The Jewish community at large is. The Orthodox community is not yet. What we're seeing is a tremendous uh, growth from outreach. Our community, our shul, we, my husband's the rabbi at BSBI. Um, when we came to the community seven and a half years ago, people said our shul was dying. And now I can't even tell you this came from Hashem. We have all these young couples who have decided to become observant and have brought such a vibrancy into our shul who are having babies. And it is the most beautiful, inspiring community now. And I can't tell you how much I love it. I come from the five towns. I know most of the people in this room, Miriam Welk, and I taught together at Hafter. Ah. Um, and Charleston is just so inspiring to me as coming from the five towns because there's no hushkafic labels in Charleston. Um, we have one minion every day in BSBI and the rabbi of both Orthodox shuls and the Chabad rabbi Davin are together. We have Sephardim and Ashkenazim and Jews who are from and who are not from and everybody comes together to Davin together and we have the most amazing stories I can't even tell you and I feel my own growth has been just so amazing seeing all these people around me like people like Libby who has an amazing story herself 
it's just been the most amazing community, and I think it's really becoming on the map for that reason. We are speaking to Ariella Davis, who's the Rebbitson at BSBI and the interim principal at the Adelstone Hebrew Academy, and Libby Fox, director of development at the Academy. What does it mean that you have a fabulous story? What could you share with us? Well, actually, here she goes again. <laughs> so Rabbi Starr was uh, one of my, the rabbis on my conversion papers. Um, my, one of my first meetings with the rabbis were in this room. So he can attest to the fact yeah. that you're the real deal, right? Yeah, right. Oh, sorry. Um, so anyway, yeah, I came to Judaism, um, what, five years ago? And, uh, you know, it's a long story. I won't get into the details, but... Um, there well, there's some details I'd like to tell you about Judaism. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people warned me. Trust me. Trust they did me. warn you. Huh? Yeah, lots of warning. Why on earth uh, did you want to do this? <laughs> um, but, you know, there are a lot of people, I, I don't mean to compare, but there are a lot of people like me that have a similar story that have come to Judaism by choice or come to, Ju- you know, by choice actually converting and being a part of the Jewish people. And there are people that have come to Judaism, you know, just... They grew up Jewish. They grew up in a semi-traditional home. And it's really amazing to see the learning that we do together. Like Ariella said, I mean, half of our minion every morning is made up of non-Shomer Shabbos people. Um, and they, call, you know, they make sure there's a minion. They, you know, they're calling and making sure that people are going to be there. And there's no problem making the minion. It's just they want to be sure. They are so dedicated to our shul and dedicated to the community and the history and continuing. Um, It's really, I've spoken to a woman who's also from New York and she's lived in many communities and she said she's never seen anything like it before. Living in Charleston where there, there aren't a lot of Jewish resources, but people want to hold so closely to those, you know, Orthodox values She's never seen anything like it. She says most of the time, you know, they'll become conservative, that the shul will become conservative. But to have, I mean, I would say, what, 15% religious families in our shul? Um, yes. You know, like but there's, they're only holding to the Orthodox values. I mean, it's, they don't want it to change. The people right. that aren't religious, they don't want it to change. Right. In a small community, you really make a very big difference. If you don't show up for yeah. Minion, then everyone knows. I mean, the fact that we all play so many different roles in a small community can't be anonymous. It has to be for the right kind of person who wants to make a difference. Well, a couple of things I want to say. First of all, I'm so glad you actually drove down here to, to be here because this conversation is a million times better for that reason. Um, I'm impressed by... Uh, how well you know the lingo and the vernacular <laughs> and how it sounds. Rabbi Starr, I guess I can give you credit for that. No, give <laughs> Rabbi Davis it's, credit for that. Oh, <laughs> which is really amazing. Not everybody in your situation picks it up right, that clearly. Sure. But on a much more serious note, um, and I know I speak for people who are listening right now, uh, your, your explanation or your description of uh, what you've been through over the last few years uh, really helps awaken our souls really helps awaken the souls of those who have been doing this for many, I don't want to tell you how many decades I'm doing this. I mean, you know, talk about <laughs> FFB. I mean, you know, it's a long, long time. And and I think that that's extremely inspiring. I'm sure you feel it each time, so right? Every time you hear her speak, you're listening to somebody who really reminds us of what we have. And as we go through the week and through what sometimes can be a really routine Shabbos, etc. It's much different when you hear somebody who really appreciates it. Right. I always say I discovered Shabbos in Charleston, 
and not just from Libby, but even people who have been from their entire life who have had to make Shabbos exciting for everyone else. Like, I come to Shabbos completely differently since I came to Charleston. It's so And you were from an Orthodox I'm community. I'm from my father's Eli Toreski. I'm giving him a shout-out. He's your biggest fan. Thank you. Um, <laughs> he deserves a shout-out. Seriously. Oh, my God. He's obsessed. But... I really, like, I discovered what Judaism really should be since coming to Charleston. And it's not just Libby. We have our entire community is Bali Chuva or Gerim or just people who are on their path who are learning. And I've really discovered what Judaism is living in Charleston. It's been so inspiring for me. Wow. Uh, tell me about the school. Okay. Do, we, do we have a lot of kids in the school? We have 110 kids from wow. 18 months to eighth grade. And I will tell you this. I've lived in a lot of different communities. This is an amazing school, and I'll tell you the reason why. Um, in big communities, very often Jewish day schools are competing with each other. We have one Jewish day school for everyone, and therefore we're competing against prep schools, and we're competing against our charter schools, and our education has to be top-notch, and it is. Another thing about our community that one of our detriments is we don't have a high school, which is a problem. Right. One of the positives of that, though, is that I'm not educating our students to get to high school. We are trying to educate our students Jewishly to inspire them where they are, which is very important for me. We're not checking a box. Did they learn this Rashi? Did they do this? Did they do that? We're trying to really inspire the children. And every year that may change depending on who's in that grade. Um, there's such a warmth in our school. There's We have an amazing teacher named Shlomi Tanel who's always dancing and singing with the kids. <laughs> Livy's child, she actually, her punishment is he won't be able to hear Havdalah with Shlomi <laughs> on Shabbos. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's his punishment, yes. No, when I try to sing the Shabbos songs with Pesach Moshe, when, you know, he comes home and he's singing and ready for Shabbos, and I try to sing with him, he says, no, no, mommy, only Shlomi can say that. You know, so that's how inspiring Shlomi is, that he, those songs belong to Shlomi. Great to have you know? a teacher like that. Oh, my yeah. God. He's, yeah. he's in the shul, he works at BSBI, and he's our closest friend, and we're, it's an amazing community. Uh, and and once the boys and girls do graduate, there are high schools they can consider, right? There are even some high schools in the southeastern part of the United States. That it they is can a challenge. I will be honest with you. It's our biggest challenge as a community. It's because many want to drift into the public school system. Many go into the public school system or the private schools, and some of them are doing great. Right. Um, it's a challenge. I'm not going to lie to you. It's our biggest challenge right. as a community. Uh, so what can we tell people about Charleston that might attract them to the community to come down and either visit, which I'm sure you'd welcome, right, to visit or to even possibly think of – you know, working there and, and living there? Are, are there industries that sure. are dominant there in Charleston? Yes. Yeah, so number one, Charleston's the number one tourist destination in the United States for about, like, what, four or five years now? I think so. We have dolphins, um, which I walk to the Battery every morning. Charleston's a beautiful city in addition to being a historic city. Um, it has top-rated golf and history, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful city. So the pace of life is just so different. Living in New York, even I lived in Houston, Texas for a while, which is how I know Yoni here. And Shout out to Yoni. I feel like I know everybody here from different points. <laughs> of life um, but it's Houston's a great city and a great community but Charleston's so beautiful every day you walk around it really just affects like I walk in the morning I wake up at 5 in the morning so I can walk by the water and watch the sunrise and my day is already amazing just seeing the beauty it really affects your life So, and there's lots of tech tech yes. industry so Google Boeing BMW Volvo um, Blackbaud I mean we have all of these very big tech companies um, they're you know of course, doctors and lawyers out there, you know, there are lots of, small businesses, uh, you know, yeah. small businesses. It's a lot. It's really a, a bustling place for, I think, um, small business owners. My husband and I actually own a small business also. And um, you know, there, there are plenty of, op there's so much opportunity there. I think it's just, it's untapped. People just don't quite, they're not sure yet. It's Charleston, South Carolina. They're just not sure. It's beautiful. Once the pace of life is 
Um, I mean, I've never lived anywhere other than the South, but it's, you just, you know, you're it's not. manageable. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And you're five hours from Atlanta. How far from New York? How long is it? It's a 13-hour drive, right. but it's a two-hour easy flight from JetBlue. And I will, right, tell, I will say something about what Libby said. I think it is tapped. I think many people are coming to Charleston. Many New Yorkers are coming to Charleston. Not many observant people. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to quote a friend of mine who actually did move to Charleston. And someone said to him, how do you manage without pizza stores? Um, <laughs> and he said to them, you know, when you find something that's so much greater, you realize it's not such a big deal and like I go to visit my parents in the five towns none of the restaurants are really that amazing that I feel like it's worth moving back to New York for for the quality of life um, and the life that my kids have they're so wholesome they don't know what Uggs are they don't know like all these brand names because they live in a community that's so wholesome and it's just it's a really nice life how old's your it. oldest my oldest is 12 in the day school, obviously. In the day school, yes. We go through eighth grade. Uh, and how's Rabbi Davis doing? Oh, Rabbi Davis is wonderful. He's doing all right? He is fantastic. <laughs> that is the greatest thing that Charleston has. He is a wonderful rabbi. So you are a Rabbi Davis fan. <laughs> I am Rabbi Davis's biggest fan. And as a wife, you could be the biggest uh, detractor. But I can tell you, I will tell you something special about Rabbi Davis. Um, that above being just a Talmud Chacham, he's above all politics. He is just a person who is always calm. And here we have Yoni nodding along. He is really just like the old school kind of rabbi in that he is always calm. He's above politics. He really is doing this to serve Hashem, and he's just a really good person. And how about Naftali Herman and the OU? How have they been to Charleston? They have been wonderful. First of all, just giving us this opportunity to speak right now. I mean, Charleston is an unknown gem to the from community. Oh, there are people finding out about it right now. (laughs) There are. But I can tell you that giving us this opportunity to speak on JM and the AM where people are listening is just such an amazing uh, way to give us that you know ability to speak to everyone. But also when we had the storm, and I was working at the OU at the time, immediately I got a message, and it was kind of funny because the hurricane was really nothing, but immediately I got a message from Naftali, are you guys okay? How are you doing? How can we help? Um, they've really been an amazing resource to us, and the OU is really special. Rabbi Weil comes down, yeah. um, Naftali Herman came down to speak in our community, and for them to hear a world-class speaker is like Rabbi Weil and, and Avtali Herman has been really amazing. Boy, incredible. Amazing. How do people find that information about Charleston? So um, actually, yeah. <laughs> I'm the uh, community liaison listed on the OU website, Libby Fox. Oh, nice. So my information is there. You can contact me. You can call um, Ariella or Rabbi Davis. Um, I think that's probably the best way, the best way to reach us. And uh, if someone does move down there, they should know they have a good day school. They have a good synagogue. We have a mikvah. We have, have, a, mikvah. have a kosher store now. Oh, they do have a kosher we have store. a kosher store now where you can get meat and chicken and everything else you might want. So we have a vig- uh, vegetarian college cafeteria. Um, what else am I missing? I mean that you know the normal Trader Joe has the kosher right. options. We have, three uh, we have yeah, we have a cookie store, a kosher cookie store. It also sells bagels. Um, yeah, there there are options. Right, you there know? are three Arabs within our community. Mm-hmm. Um, you really don't lose out. The only problem we have is no high school, but otherwise right. the community is stellar. All right. Everyone, you have an opportunity to check out Charleston. Our thanks to uh, Ariella Davis, who is the Rebbitson at BSBI, and you'll send our regards to Rabbi Davis, Absolutely. please. Who I hope is listening right now. And, uh, <laughs> and she's also interim principal at the Adelstone <laughs> Hebrew Academy. And Libby Fox, director of development at Adelstone Hebrew Academy, a very inspiring story, and I thank you for thank sharing you. it with us. Thank you. And continued success in building the Charleston community. Amazing. Let's you. hear it for Charleston, everybody. All right, you. there you go. Thank you very much. Amazing. Uh, thank you for traveling all this distance in order to be here in Atlanta with us as we feature some of the nor- uh, southeastern Jewish communities 
here in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. More coming up. You're listening to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved... There we go, on the beloved NSN app. This week by the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. When we hit the road, Shari Tzedek and its American Committee knows that we are fulfilling a very important aspect 
of uh, information for our listeners and our community uh, worldwide as we speak about uh, what's happening in different places around the world in the Jewish world. And I thank the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. Also, our thanks to the OU, the Orthodox Union. We've been talking about uh, Naftali Herman, who leads this area of the country, Southeast Regional Director, as he mentioned toward the beginning of yesterday's show. And he's been instrumental in helping a lot of the communities that are uh, down here in this uh, area of the country. And uh, we thank him very, very much. And, of course, to Mike Spain and Alan Fagan and those who understand this mission of ours. Thank you, thank you. Also, a shout-out to our Jewish Unity Initiative heads, Simon Jacob and Dr. Joe Rosazada, who, again, um, understand the, the purpose and the importance of, um, of a week like this, and I thank them very much. And a shout-out to our friends at the Rothenberg Law Firm. They are going to be presenting our Kosher Halftime Show, which we are in the midst of filming in Atlanta. Put in a long day yesterday filming with uh, Mayor Kay. He'll join us later this hour. And again, a big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. Uh, Debbie Bornstein is here uh, from the Atlanta Jewish Academy, where we were supposed to be today. But they've got a snow day, a day off. Yes, it's snowing. Can't you see? <laughs> You're the only one who sees it. <laughs> I remember touring AJA with you. That was such a great day we had together. It was a phenomenal day to meet you, and we and were hoping to host you. <laughs> we are, you have no idea, especially when Rabbi Lubitz revealed that the kids were actually thrilled that we were coming down. We can't wait to actually get into your building one day and do a show. Um, and and I don't, I really shouldn't uh, concentrate on the physical aspects of AJA. It's more the education and all the great things that are happening academically. But just for a second, the facility that you work in is is absolutely beautiful. It's probably one of the nicest Jewish schools in this country, frankly. And you know it, and you've seen it expand, and you've seen the brand-new gym open, and it's just lovely. So I'm sure that that helps the whole educational atmosphere. It was great to see it through your eyes because (laughs) we kind of get used to it a little bit. Um, So it was really nice to be able to tour you through the building and – Actually, the tour with you in the gym was the first time I had actually right. seen the gym. It was It is quite an impressive building, but what goes on in there every day is even more impressive. You're head of the instructional – your instructional team leader for early childhood department through eighth grade. I think that's – Judaic the, studies. In Judaic studies. Lower and middle. That's the official title. The official title. And you work with a lot of great people. You have I a wonderful work with staff. exceptional people. As Rabbi Lubitz said earlier, it would be impossible to do what everyone there is doing for the kids without – wonderful teachers and you're working with some great people out there. we have a phenomenal faculty always looking to expand our right. phenomenal faculty I mentioned that earlier right? yes i know i heard <laughs> i'm going to repeat it again um, always looking for good people always looking for good people we have a blend of american-born staff as well as we have an incredible staff of shlichim we have four families who are with us from israel um some have been here now for Four years. Others have started this year, and they bring a tremendous ruach to the school, combined with our dedicated faculty that's there. They uh, people don't realize. Um, maybe there are people around this country who might think it would be either a detriment, language barriers, etc. They don't realize the benefit of bringing these people in from Israel and what they do for your school. You mentioned ruach, but academically as well, they're enhancing the whole experience. Our lower school is an immersive program. Our children walk out of there speaking Hebrew. They come into our middle school where we started to continue that. And their ability to converse and understand is tremendous. It's beyond the Ruach. It's so much in the classroom. So you have good people that are uh, both both here and those from Israel who come and I guess on some type of rotating basis 
fill those roles as shlichim, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking with Debbie Borenstein, early childhood department through the eighth grade at the Atlanta uh, Jewish Academy. What would be, uh, aside from the staff, and it's almost hard to say that because, it has, as we said, there's such an important part. But what what are the other reasons why the school has such a great reputation, why there's such success there academically? The kids. That's what make the school. Our, Good bunch, huh? They're a great bunch. I've been there now for 15 years. I was there when it was GHA. I've been there through the merger. And the families and the community is really what makes the school. People are invested in the school. They want to see the school grow. Um, our families can be involved from the most minor details through the greater details. And we are a group that is very dedicated and we love what we do. And you you're, you have roots in the Northeast, am I right? You, you know the whole routine, I right? know the routine. You know the I am thing. from New York. I know the routine. And so you can you, you have a basis of comparison. Just a small <laughs> one. Uh, 15 years in the South, and I cannot seem to lose the accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 15 years in the South, and you can't seem to lose an affection for this area. Oh. You, there, there's, there's something about it. Put it into words for us, what it is about raising kids here. When my husband and I left New York, we knew we wanted a smaller Jewish community. Atlanta is a large, small community because there are so many people here. It is a diverse group, and people really do get along with one another, um, regardless of where they are. There are so many schools in this city, and the community at large just blends together well. Um, It's an easier pace of life, but the Jewish life is so strong and so important to everyone in the community is it difficult for you to lead the judaic department let's call it for a moment when there are a variety of backgrounds you're dealing with you have kids i'm sure from families that are you know well established in jewish ritual let's put it that way and others who may not be as familiar does that make it very difficult no it makes it easy really (laughs) (laughs) because they bring each child each family brings their own history to the classroom, to the bigger school, and it creates a beautiful environment to work in. Oh, that's great. And, uh, and no, that, no two are alike. Th- that's the reality. That is the reality. That th- and people, again, in the New York area may find that hard to believe because very often our day schools have very similar, you know, there's a similar thread going through all the families. Absolutely. But here that's not the case It is all. not the case, and it makes us who we are. It's pretty amazing. It's a special place to be. So Atlanta gets a big shout-out from you, huh? Every it's day, been 15 years. Every years. day, 15 years, it gets a special shout out for me. What did you think of today's day off that Rabbi Lubitz uh, declared? The one that will probably continue <laughs> working after we leave oh, here. Oh, so you don't really get a day <laughs> off? <laughs> um, it's amazing. The snow is tremendous. It's coming down. Can't you see? Um, we got scared by Snowmageddon. Yeah, I heard from 2012. And yeah, we had a similar episode bef- earlier this year. Your, years before that. Right. From an ice storm. Yeah, New York shut down not so long Correct. ago. Oh, you see, you heard about uh, it. The family up there still shares. You're in touch with your roots. Uh, yes, it, they shut down. So we can make fun of Atlanta. We can make fun of New York for shutting down, too. Hey, I have a big surprise for you. Tali Don is now in this conversation. How do you like that? That's the best. Hey, Tali. Tali Bokertov. Bokertov. Do we have Tali's mic on? Manishma. Baruch Hashem. Are you impressed by my Hebrew vocabulary? <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> Where are you from in Israel? Uh, Naria. Naria. All the way in the north. And at some point, uh, if I remember the story correctly, um, well, no, I shouldn't say at some point, but if I remember the story correctly, your, was it your parents who were shlichim in the United States? My parents are master shlichim. They are the 
the king and queen of Shlichim. <laughs> they are. And they were in what city in the U.S.? Cities. cities. What cities in the they U.S.? They were in on five shlichuyot wow. uh, throughout our their lives. Um, so the first shlichut, we were in Kansas City. My parents are very much into suburbia. You remember all these? I, on two of them, I was with them. Um, so Kansas City was when I was uh, younger, and then Indianapolis, which we have in common. Um, and I lived there for five years, <laughs> yes. Funny, yeah. um, and then after that, they continued um, without me. So they were in Denver, um, Silver Springs, Maryland, and Oakland, California. All right, so we heard what Shlichim do for the school. Why would people like your parents, then we'll get to you, want to do this? Why would they want to leave Israel a year or two or more at a time and be in the cities that you just told us about? Uh, so obviously, at one point, it becomes a... A bug, something that you truly believe in. Um, to leave your home, to leave your families, to leave your friends, it's a its a big deal. Um, people don't really understand how difficult it can be, but the rewards are amazing. Um, the feeling that you get from being part of a community. Um, the fact is, is that we tend to forget when we're in Israel, you know, we're surrounded by Jewish people, that there is a bigger community of Jews around the world, and, and they are not in Israel. And and when you become part of that community, when you you are able to embrace them and they embrace you, um, and to bring that spirit of Israel and love of Jewish life and Hebrew um, is amazing. So you and it your husband, contagious. just like your parents, you and your husband decided you're going to do the same thing. Well... I think I decided. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know the story, and you're right. <laughs> um, and how long ago was that? Was that Atlanta, or was there a previous one? Was this, we, this is our second shlichut. In Atlanta or somewhere else? No. Uh, we, the first shlichut, we were um, very young um, in Denver. Ah, okay. We were there for seven years. Were they, they remembered your parents? Uh, of course. Yeah, of course yeah. they did. <laughs> and Atlanta, you've been now for how long? This is our second year. All right. Now, the story goes... That when your husband told his boss in Israel, in Nahari, I assume, that, that you and he were going to embark on this, it, it took a while for his boss to comprehend what was going on. Right? I think that, he still doesn't understand how <laughs> it happened. That somebody would drop the business world and run to do what you and your husband are doing at AJA. Yes. So Amir um, is not a teacher per se. Right. Um, he's an engineer. Um, and Somehow he has found his. He's a teacher. He's found a lot he's of things to do in AJA. He's a teacher. He's a, you're born a teacher. Um, and I think at one point, the first shlichut was what clinched it. The first shlichut was amazing. Um, we felt that there was nothing like it. We've both went on to do other things in life, but there was nothing like being part of the community and impacting young children. Um, seeing that relationship and connection grow, bre being able to connect them to Israel and to that life um, was amazing. And we felt it even though we were back in Israel for 10 years, we still felt the connection. And um, so Amir was a CEO, right. big deal. <laughs> big company. Um, big company. <laughs> um, so he was actually, if I can say it, he was in um, a Warren Buffett-owned. It right. was the first company that, that Warren Buffett invested, in Israel, invested right. outside of the U.S. Right. was That's in Israel. Right. Kavod. Right. Um, and so Amir was a CEO in one of those companies. And I told him, it's now or never. 
<laughs> our children are growing. At one point, we'll want to be Saba and Safta in Israel and not leave our grandchildren. And, and we, and Amir said, you know, you can build parts for airplanes. Um, and all the things this company does. Do all those amazing things, right. but you can also impact the soul and the life of uh, a child or a community or a family, and nothing compares. When um, does this uh, shlichut end? And I asked that because that I asked that because when I was walking <laughs> the halls with Debbie and Amir, she basically Debbie basically said the shlichut's never ending. Oh. So <laughs> so if you think it's going to end, you might be a big. Tr- she may be standing at the door making sure you don't leave. So something maybe like said that. maybe she knows something I don't know. <laughs> if there's something that I've learned in life, I don't know. Let's let's put it that so way. So we'll see what happens. Yes, it's not going to be forever. Right. Israel is home. Does Amir also know that there's still yes, a question yes, mark yes, over all yes. this? Okay. Uh, Israel is home. So the whole point of Shlichim is that you actually go back. Right. Understood. Um, <laughs> um, and, you're, and you're in the classroom, right? First yes. grade. You're in first, first grade. grade. And Keep Amir is not officially. Or is he officially in the he classroom? He teaches Ivrit. He does teach Ivrit. As well as. A hundred other things. A hundred other right. things, including our engineering, our right. programming, a lot of different things. Yeah. We were impressed just in the, the couple hours we spent with him. And uh, all the help he gave us at that time for the things we thought we might be doing in this school. But you never know. One day, one day, one day we will we'll do hopefully it. hopefully be there. So there you have it. So a very effective team of shlichim led by... Baruch Hashem. We have a strong, strong team. And we are so grateful to have them. Amazing. And what can you tell us about the Atlanta Jewish community, especially you, because you've seen so many Jewish communities around the United States. What can you say about Atlanta that's unique? Um, what's unique about Atlanta? So I, I have. I've lived in different ones. Right. I've worked with uh, different uh, communities. I think their commitment to Jewish life, um, I think it's amazing to come into a community and see so many um, institutions, schools, the whole infrastructure um, is, is amazing. And the whole commitment to, to having a continuance. Um, <laughs> Keeping the tradition going. Keeping the tradition going. And in a very strong way, right? Very powerful the way Atlanta does it. Very powerful. The fact that we have a school that is committed to Ivrit Beivrit, that is committed to this strong connection to Israel, that they're willing to bring four um, families, two Bnot Shirut, two Shinshinim, to the school. Our children are not learning learning English. There's so much Hebrew in the building. but yes, the fact that they're so committed to this connection, the fact that they want Israel to be a living presence um, for the community and the community's children, I think speaks for itself. Do you see the eighth graders leave with a good hold on the Hebrew language? Completely. They do. Yes, more that's our goal. Than, more than in other schools. I see our first graders with an amazing right. hold of Through Hebrew language. School. Pretty cool. Through the high school. I thank both of you. You're both very inspiring. AJA's got some really good. Where's Rabbi Lubitz? Does he know how many great people he's got (laughs) surrounding him? Amazing. I'm so impressed. Tali Don, you're going to send regards to Amir for I us. I will. Okay, I we're, will. All, we're always talking about Amir, <laughs> so please send our best. And Debbie Bornstein, continued success with Thank all you. the great work you do. You and your staff are doing at AJA. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. having us. And we'll see you at AJA next time. We can't wait. God. 
We'll see the students uh, up close and personal next time we visit Atlanta, Bezrat Hashem. More coming up. We are in the uh, southeastern portion of the United States in Atlanta, Georgia. As the whole world focuses on this big game this coming Sunday, we are focused on the Jewish communities of the southeast U.S. Thank you to the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem and, of course, the Orthodox Union. Uh, more coming up if you keep it at JM, if you keep it at JM in the AM.
time in the AM with Mordechai Shapiro. So funny when you think about the evolution of this journey to Atlanta, all the names that have been thrown around over the last couple of months. It's funny. Uh, anyway, there he is, Mordechai with Lee here at JM in the AM. We're in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we're at the Young Israel of Toco Hills. We are virtually at the Atlanta Jewish Academy, uh, which is where we were supposed to be according to our flyer that's been going around the world. Um, because of the snow day here in Atlanta, we're at the Young Israel, and I want to thank our star, of course, and his wonderful staff here. Um, we are joined by telephone by Rabbi uh, Carmi Ingber. Rabbi Ingber, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Thank you. Rabbi Ingber is the rabbi of the Kihila, uh, which is in, San- right. in Sandy Springs, which I assume is a section of Atlanta. Am I correct about that? You are correct. Ten minutes from where you are right now. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. And here in our uh, mobile studio at the Young Israel is Elisheva Robbins. Elisheva, good morning to you. Good morning. And Elisheva, I'm told, is in Atlanta for 14 years. Is that yes. accurate? Single mother of two mm-hmm. and uh, somebody who's very familiar with the work of the Kihila. Yes. And I brought one of mine to represent over there. Oh, very he'll nice. On his, uh, iPad. Excellent. Yeah. So why don't we start with you? Why don't you tell us about your story and then we'll get to sure. the rabbi. So I uh, grew up in South Africa, moved to Tampa. I know no accent. It's very <laughs> shocking. What happened? Uh, <laughs> Boy, I traded it in to be an American. That was the price I paid. Um, Good deal. Yeah. So I moved to Atlanta and I moved to Toco because that's where everybody goes. And um, at some point I got divorced and I was here and I realized maybe this isn't the right place. And I took a chance and actually went and signed a lease in the Kihila area. And then I went for Shabbos. And the first Shabbos, my boys are running around the shul and I was like, oh God, they're going to kick us out. <laughs> Grabbed one under this arm, one under that arm. And I ran out of the room. I was like, ugh. And now five years later, we are such a huge part of the show. Uh, we just had a wedding on Sunday. I helped do cooking. We set the wedding up together. It was a complete community uh, effort. And if it wasn't for everyone in the community, it wouldn't have happened. Uh, Rabbi Ingber, Elisheva's story is not, uh, is not the lone story you could tell about people <laughs> who progressed in their uh, Jewish lives through the Kehila, correct? That's correct. We've got a lot of great stories. Uh, tell me about the history of the shul. When did you get there, and uh, what's its goal? So uh, I got there nine years ago. Uh, when I got there nine years ago, one of the things that was missing in Atlanta at the time was a young adult uh, outreach program. Mm. Uh, we started doing young adult outreach uh, throughout Atlanta. Uh, in the process, I've done 38 weddings of people I've met mostly through our events. Wow. And... Yeah, thank God. And that and that sort of morphed in then to the shul component, which is the Kehillah. And then it became not just young adults, it became families and, and people who were coming from very different backgrounds. Uh, but the Kehillah is really like the name that we called it. It's, it's a community. So people walk in and they're, they're blown away because they walk in and they say, wow, everyone's so friendly, everyone's so nice, I feel like I'm at home. <laughs> and that's really the environment we've created. So it's, it's, it's an amazing situation. People walk in, they can't believe it. People from all different backgrounds, all Jews getting along together. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. And, and Rabbi Ingber, you're making a very important point. There are a lot of people, obviously, who you know, the basic, their basic needs uh, are met by a traditional synagogue, but sometimes they need uh, a synagogue that concentrates more on the cure of aspect or making sure that people are uh, you know, provided for both spiritually and with whatever other needs they have. And in that case, a synagogue like yours uh, really answers uh, that call. 
For sure. So that, 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 that is our niche, I and mean, that's what we provide. You know, we, we are a community that it, it, it's really centered. People are growing. Uh, it's not stagnant at all. People, everybody, you know, I give a, I give a share. People are packing in. They really want to grow. They want to learn. Um, and and the way the way our approach is that we believe everybody wants to grow, and we just got to find the the way that's going to speak to them. So we have Sherman a whole different array of approaches, um, and and draw people in from many different backgrounds in a way that turns them on to Torah, and they'll get excited. And this whole mission has led to you actually founding uh, uh, foundations and efforts like uh, Tribe Atlanta and Inner Spark. Correct? These are things really important uh, in this whole. Process. That's right. So. Right, so Tribe Atlanta. I'll give you the history. Originally, when we got when we came to Atlanta, so we were starting the synagogue kind of at the same time as the young adult program. We called the synagogue originally the Kahila and the the outreach program the Young Kahila. And what happened was when we started doing the weddings and and getting people who were part of the young adult program to join the shul, at a certain point, it became synonymous. Everyone heard about Young Kahila. They said, "Okay, so that's that's the." Uh, you know, that's the synagogue, which, you know, really that was originally the outreach program. And so we, we uh, sort of branded it. The young adult program came called Tribe, Tribe Atlanta. And we put it under our uh, greater offices called the Inner Spark, which is, which is a program that just tries to connect people to Judaism wherever they are and turn, turn them on to it. And, uh, and we have a... Talk about trying to make sure that every age group at every... Uh, at every uh, um, um, type of background is taken care of. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. You know, there's a need for young adults. There's a need for families. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you can't do everything, but uh, whenever there's a, there's a group that I feel is not being catered to, we try to provide that and connect them. Pretty amazing. Uh, we're speaking to Rabbi Carmi Ingber of the Kahila. Now, the Kahila you said is in Sandy Springs. That's a another neighborhood, I guess we'd call it, in Atlanta, Georgia. Right? That would be the way to describe. That's it. right. And, uh, That's right. You know, it's a good spot. It's a nice spot. It's sort of very central in Atlanta. It's not, it's not out there. It's very central. Atlanta's a very sprawled out place. And, the, and Sandy Springs is in a very, very nice place in Atlanta with a lot of the amenities. So it's a, it's a great place. And people can, uh, you know, who are listening, who are exploring the neighborhoods of Atlanta, they should consider Sandy Springs. Why not, right? Definitely. I think people people who come out for a shop, as like Elisheva said, usually are blown away and say, <laughs> this is a special place. So uh, I think, you know, it behooves everyone to come and have a Shabbat with us and shop us to see how you feel. But people usually usually come away very inspired. Elisheva Robbins, you want to give a... Uh... A recruiting pitch for the Kahila and Sandy Springs? Definitely. We <laughs> we are such a great area. Sandy Springs is so safe and beautiful. There's running trails and there's parks and the shoal is so welcoming. Everyone that comes in feels happy, welcome, safe. Um, my kids have grown up there and they feel like it's home. They don't want to go anywhere else. Must be nice to have a home away from home. Definitely. And we have kosher restaurants, which is also a bonus. All right. So oh, yeah. We've got restaurants and grocery stores there. Atlanta is booming. It is booming. It All is right. booming. And the traffic is better. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that means less than yes, certain other definitely. areas. Rabbi Ingber, your final words. What can you tell us? That uh, What would you like to add to this conversation? I would say I'm, I'm from New York originally, and uh, New York got a lot of good things going for it. Those who want to come and experience uh, some, I guess, uh, you know, Southern hospitality by former New Yorkers uh, should come down to Atlanta, see what we're doing. 
uh, and really, uh, you know, experience it. It's a, it's a great experience. And, you know, Atlanta is a, is a great city. It's got a great Jewish infrastructure, and, and it's growing. And, and I, we're trying to uh, do our part. I assume the Orthodox Union is well aware of the work you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely we're an OU synagogue. And uh, and those who want to, you know, to, to come part of it, see, check it out. Even for Shabbos, just we have people came. I tell a guy came from New York, came down from the five towns. He goes to a very large shul in New York. Ben Chavez says he walked out and he said, I- I'm so inspired. I'm going back to New York. I'm bringing my inspiration with me. <laughs> so uh, that's that's what we're trying to provide. Rabbi Ingber, continued success to you. Thanks so much for joining us uh, from the Kahila this morning. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. All the best. Ellie Shava Robbins, thank you. Thanks for sharing your story. And uh, continued success to you and your family. Thank you so much. More coming up. You're listening to a very special edition of JM in the AM with the Young Israel of Toko Hills on day two of our journey to Atlanta. Big thank you to the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. And of course, a big thank you to our friends at the Orthodox Union. And a special thank you to Naftali Herman for helping us coordinate conversations like this. More coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. That's Avram Freed on a uh, Tuesday morning broadcast. We're in Atlanta. Tomorrow we're at Beth Jacob. Tomorrow we're at the Beth Jacob Congregation, historic congregation with Ari Feldman here in Atlanta, Georgia. We're there tomorrow uh, for our third of uh, what appears to be four JMN programs we're going to be doing this week here in Atlanta. So join us for that. Check out the NSN app. A lot of regards on the NSN app from people around the country and around the world who are listening in who have roots in Atlanta or who are sending regards to people in Atlanta, check out the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. And comment away if you're a new listener because of today's show or even yesterday's show. Oh, it's raining outside? <laughs> well, that isn't good enough reason to close school. Uh, if, you're a new, if you're a new listener of ours, then uh, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Nahum Single Network. Follow us on Instagram, Nahum Single Network. Yoni is... Busily posting all aspects of our trip. You could follow our journey by checking out our Instagram page. Uh, we have a Mayan star with us uh, in our live mobile studio here at uh, JM in the AM. She is a senior, correct? Yeah. A senior at the Atlanta Jewish Academy. Uh, last night, she's coming off of a, uh, she's on a big high, I'm sure, because last night was the second of two performances that she and Sela Ratner produced of uh, something called Razel's Riddle. The Atlanta Jewish Academy Upper School Girls Chagiga uh, presented this um, original presentation, I'm sure, um, produced by both you and Sela Ratner. And I assume these were two sold-out performances. Am I right? Um, almost. Almost sold out? <laughs> what is Razel's Riddle about? Um, it's about a woman who comes to, the commu- to a new community that doesn't have any learning for um, women. So she starts by teaching them some Torah, and the rest is history. Very nice. And this happened in the theater that we spoke about, the one in AJA, which is a yes. beautiful theater, right? It's huge. Must be an amazing place to put on a production. Definitely. I'm jealous that you had a chance to do that, and the congratulations to you, Thank you. and all your cohorts for that effort. Um, how is life as a senior at the Atlanta Jewish Academy? Oh, it's amazing. There's You're, so you many also hold a uh, public office there, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, right? I am. What is your official position? I'm co-student council president. Have you made any uh, drastic declarations as co-student council president? Um, <laughs> not quite yet. No, no major policies we should know about? No. <laughs> <laughs> but things have been going well in that capacity? Yes, definitely. I love it. And uh, what are some of the things that you're responsible for in your position? Um, planning color war, planning Shabbatones. Oh, that sounds like a good gig. Yeah. Um, also, every week we have something called community time where we have half an hour for the whole school to come together and student council leads some games and some speakers. And it's really great time for like the whole community to come Who's together. Who's been featured in, uh, in those types of things? Like what type of speakers when you say like teachers? Um, speak? We have this thing called senior talks where a senior gives like their ending words to the school and what they want to be remembered by and stuff. So that's wow. really cool. Wow, their farewell address. Yes, huh? exactly. Um, have you done yours yet? Not yet. I'm in March. Very nice. Um, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, what are the plans for next year? Um, I'm planning on going to Madrasha Harova. And then after that? Stern. And how's life in Atlanta from the perspective? How may I ask your age? Would that be improper? For, That's fine. For, I'll be turning eighteen next week. You're still week. a teenager. It's not. <laughs> it's not in that realm of don't ask yeah, women her age. Yeah, it's fine. So you're eighteen years old. You have your whole life in front of you. Yeah. And how would you describe the first eighteen years? How would you describe this community to somebody who's not familiar with life in the Atlanta Jewish community? So I moved here when I was seven, um, and I've been going to Camp Moshevah every year. So I've been that out of towner kid. Right. Um, but I've loved it. Um, 
it's definitely different than New York, but I like the smallness. I like the so many opportunities. Like I'm producer and president. There's so many opportunities available. Um, it's just been really good for me. Can't get better than that, huh? Um, and um, now is a time of year, as we know. Uh, I don't want to use the word senioritis. That would be improper. <laughs> Uh, but it is a time of year where things get a little bit celebratory. Yes. When it comes to the second half of twelfth grade, are you? Uh, is your grade under your leadership planning any any special events or different things that are going to be happening between now and graduation? Um, maybe we'll do a trip. I'm not sure, but we definitely have our whole school Shabbaton in three weeks, so I'm definitely busy planning that. Um, yeah. How's your father doing as rabbi of the congregation? He's pretty good. <laughs> what are the What are the reviews? Do you sit in the back and hear what all the scuttlebutts about? You know, when they go uh, no, they don't talk about it around they, me. They don't. <laughs> they They wouldn't dare, huh? No. But as far as you know, things are going well. Yes. Yes. They're, they're happy not. with him here. Yes. Yes. I should go back to New York with a good report. Definitely. Rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> well, my aunt, this has been a real pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so much, and good luck to you Thank as you. you continue your pursuit of greater education. Thank you very much. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, the moment we've all been waiting for. The moment we've all been waiting for. Follow us now on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, Nachum Siegel Network. Knowing him, he's probably doing his own Instagram now. Hey. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Good morning. We, we, we want to eavesdrop on what you're telling the audience. Go ahead. <laughs> well, right now on this Instagram, I'm storing myself with Nachum Siegel. We are live here in Atlanta. We talked about it, and now we're here. We're in Atlanta. Atlanta. A mayor. We're in Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia. We made it. Oh, man. We were, we were moving. This we were was shaking. a pipe dream months ago. <laughs> this, it's, hard, it's hardly... I'm hardly able to believe that we made this announcement just a few days ago. How crazy. Here we are. Oh, my gosh. And the action has not stopped. I've checked with all the Falcon fans. Ten minutes after JM Nam, there'll be a public burning of Mayor Kay's Brady jersey. This will that's going to be happening right after the show. Rabbi Starr said we could actually use the parking lot. So that's <laughs> it. We're getting rid of the jersey finally. No one will be happier than you, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, you could say that again. Anyway, this town is overrun by Patriot fans, but more importantly, it's overrun by amazing members of the Jewish community. Have you been impressed with what you've seen over the last couple of days being down here in Atlanta? Are you kidding me? I literally just took a five-minute Uber ride, yeah. and I just passed by two synagogues. How do you like it's that? It's incredible. This place is incredible. Um, the, as you said, the city of Atlanta has been so welcoming. I mean, I feel at home here with all the Patriot fans. Yeah, I was yeah. super surprised. A few people actually thought I was Mr. Brady himself. Stop me for selfies. Or maybe all, all of a sudden, Tom grew a beard and a kippah, huh? Hey, you know, it's got to stay undercover. And then, yes, of course, the Jewish community has been incredible. I'm really excited to check out Spicy Peach today. Um, hey, shout out to Jody Wittenberg. We're spending most of the day at Spicy Peach. Oh, yeah, we're taking it over. I don't know if Jody knows what's going to be going get, down today. Get the, but get the grill going, Jody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because we're going oh, yeah. to be spending a lot Clean of time. Clean up in aisle four, five, and two and one. <laughs> Just going to say, it's going to get a little messy. I guess you didn't see last year's Shire Tzedek video. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> Don't worry, Mayor Furtick's already co contacting Jody. I see he's on his phone texting keep, away. To keep you out of the store, <laughs> it can get dangerous, as we know. Anyway, a year later, after the big Shari Tzedek kosher halftime show, we are here in Atlanta. Thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. You and I, and a lot of other people, including my staff and yours, 
have been spending the last 24 hours, and really about 20 of the last 24 hours, <laughs> intensely filming the Kosher Halftime Show. And with great pride, we tell everybody that we have some local talent and we have some Israel talent. Yes. Now, locally, and I think it's the first time you met him, Sammy K. Is it the first time you met him? It is. I've, se- I've heard of his work. I've seen his videos, but it's my first time. Se- first so time he's a him. member of the Orthodox Jewish community. Now, you know rap. Uh, Why do you assume I know rap? Because I see the way you move. You know rap. <laughs> and and on a scale of 1 to 10, is he one of those really good rappers? He kid's super talented. He gets it done. Yeah, he's got flow. What, he's what, got what, rhythm. What, what do we kids say? We say he kills it, right? Oh, yeah. Wow, it. wow. Look at you. <laughs> you like that, huh? Two minutes in the Atlanta, this guy is talking swag. <laughs> you may even see Nachum in the music video bowing his head a bit to the rhythm. I might be there. Huh? Oh, you may be. You may be. All right, so that's Sammy K. And then, Sammy I, you have to admit, I impressed you by making arrangements for the great Daniela Haviel to come in from Israel. He's an amazing violinist. He's with, well, I don't know if we should reveal too many things, but, but he, he has a big part, let's say, a big part in the Kosher Halftime Show this Sunday. So. Yeah, that was incredible. I've seen his videos. I've uh, Wow, incredible violinist. And uh, here in the flesh, I mean, his look, his outer appearance, but what I was really impressed was his demeanor. Really, yeah, really sweet guy. guy. No idea he spoke English for some reason. Just because I just saw only photos of him and never heard him speak. Just right. played the violin. I thought he was this you know Israeli guy from <laughs> from a little city in Israel. And here he comes out with a very proper English accent. That's good. And uh, it was it was very funny to to meet him in that sense. And yeah, it was really cool. People in Atlanta really loved him. All right, so that's all happening this Sunday, Kosher Halftime Show. We know what it's all about. It's a pleasure having you as a staple now of this Kosher Halftime Show concept. Yeah, you next year is Chazaka. Oh, next well, year is Chazaka. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Holy cow. I'm just saying. Holy <laughs> He's making a pitch for 2020. How do you like that? <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Let's see, let's see how we get through Atlanta. Um, so a big thank you to all of our commercial sponsors. A big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. And a big thank you to you. And uh, in addition to Sammy K. And uh, and Daniela Javier, Mayor K is obviously in it. We mentioned that there's a lot of Atlanta in it, right? There's a lot of it. We've never really done that before. Even in Charitetic, we really only did the hospital. It's not like we did all of Jerusalem here. We tried to get to as many of Atlanta sites as possible. Yes. So we're going to throw a lot of that into Sunday's show. And, um, and that's about it. Anything else to mention? Or, uh... Wow. I mean, I don't want to give too much away. There's some know, really great surprises, the, some yeah. really fun segments. Uh, so I think different from what we, you've done in the past, what right. we've done last year even. It's a different style, a different flow of the show. Yeah, but we, it's we've fun. certainly moved this production more in the Mayor K direction. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> it's <laughs> and on Monday morning, make sure to remind everybody that we moved in more of the BRK direction. I guess, wow, really pushing it on to me. Are you kidding? We, 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 are, we are making sure to cover ourselves every which way possible before Sunday. <laughs> I do want to give a massive yeah. shout out to um, the team, the guys behind the videos and in front of it, um, Shimmy Sokol, who's been incredible filming. He's uh, unbelievable. We worked with him last year. That's why this year he's hardly impressive to us because we were, we got over the whole thing last year. He's just the guy's amazing. He's amazing. absolutely amazing. Amazing. Well, we're gonna we're also having a behind the scenes video, of course. So you'll see some of the magic that's done behind the scenes yeah. as well. So look out for that. But yeah, Shimmy just like was really incredible. I know he. Did, I admit. Mary Mollick's now frustrated with me that I'm not giving Shimmy his props. <laughs> All I said was we were so enthralled with him last year. It's like, it's like you know, yeah. It's like at this point we expect it from him. We Incredible. expect greatness. So yeah, yeah. And he so really, he really provides. Really, he's a really big part of the the team as well. So lots of love right. to him. Now, are you still on Instagram, or that's over with? No, we, we're yeah. Listen, you know, it's it's 8:45 right now. Malcolm, you've been up for three hours. I just up for 10 minutes. So you know, I'm catching up. I'm catching up. <laughs> We are here on Instagram. We're here on the radio. How, Tune how in. How come I don't find it hard to believe that he woke up 10 minutes ago? I don't find that hard to believe. We gave it away. Okay, we had a long day, all right? <laughs> oh, man, we're here. We're live.
Lots of love from Lada, everybody. Tell everybody how amazing the Schlosses have been uh, with all their uh, with all their ho- with all their hospitality. Incredible, incredible. incredible. Wow. Yesterday we woke up, amazing spread. Have, hanging out with the Schlosses has been really, really nice. And you know who made this all happen? Of course, that would be your your former roommate Yoni Pollock. He's right there. Well, we we see each other now. I can see his feet hanging like <laughs> off the bed. <laughs> From my from my bed as well, so it's like we're close enough. So you're keeping tabs on yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah, you know our fingers are brisking. Uh, touch. Those old friends reunited here in Atlanta. Yeah, it's amazing. It was, it's nice. It's it's a, we share a bathroom. All the, all those moments. <laughs> enough with, said. All those moments with Mayor Kay and Yoni. I'll tell you. <laughs> I think that's why you actually took this gig when you heard that Yoni's along for the ride. You said, "I'm in." Oh. I am. Are you kidding? I'm part of this Coach Halftime Show 2019. No doubt, no doubt. And you know, I mean, I'm sure I'm, I'm rooming with Shermie this year, so I know Yoni's a bit. You know, I don't know how he's taking yeah. it. Yeah, he's, he's um, not been happy, trust me. I'll take you out for dinner or something. Maybe there you some, go. Maybe some make, gr- Girl Only. You'll make it up to me, Girl Only. I That's love it. it. I That's love it. it. You knew Girl Only would somehow work its way into this has to come in. <laughs> well, there you have it, everybody. The one and only Mayor K. That's right, Mayor K. Wave into the camera, facebook.com slash Network. Raring to go. And one more day of filming, then we leave it all in the editor's hands. And on Sunday night, 8 o'clock, we go live. Wait a well, this, this Sunday? This Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday night at 8 o'clock, we go, we go to, to the world with Kosher Halftime Show 2019. Amen. We're looking forward to it. Amen is right. Boy, oh, boy. All right, Mayor, thank you. The best. You're the best. Hey, Mayor K. All right. Thank Woo-hoo. you so much. With his plaid keeper. Mayor K with his plaid keeper joining us this morning. Thank you. My dear friend, Mayor Furtig. Well, hello. Who represents a uh, an outfit that understands the importance of the Nahum Siegel Network hitting the road. That's the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. And by the way, I don't even know if we've made it. Have we even made it public yet? That we may actually be at Shari Tzedek soon? I don't even think we've made it public yet. Because if you think this is important to Shari Tzedek, imagine if we actually did a show from their amazing and incredible hospital, which continues to expand and yeah. continues to construct and continues to add departments and continues to be one of those institutions in Jerusalem that is just yeah. con- constantly taking off. All that is wonderful, but at the hospital now, if they're listening to this, they just found out that you might be there. Cause they oh, didn't, is that true? Yeah, we were going to surprise. No, I'm just kidding. No. Woohoo, boy. Oh somebody, boy. somebody said, oh, we should just show up. <laughs> that, yeah. that would be cool, actually. Yeah. No, I don't think it would be. <laughs> I <laughs> Not thought, at all. I thought... I thought what you were going to tell yeah. me was that they're listening at the hospital to make sure Mayor K is 6,000 miles away and that he's nowhere near the hospital right well, now. Well, that'll have to be written into the rider, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, but he is here. He's in Atlanta. So all your fears that we discussed yesterday where you would be, you know, at different uh, areas warning people, don't let him in. I Correct. know what can happen. I witness it with my own eyes. It's all for naught. He's here. Right. Whatever he does, right. he does. That sandwich sign I made. It was right. just a total waste of time. <laughs> to say the least. 117 years ago, on the 15th of Shvat, which was eight days ago, by the way. Yes. 117 years and eight days ago, the founding of Sharet Tzedek Hospital in Jerusalem, Israel. It's amazing. Ask if it's a long-time Jewish institution, Israeli institution, and the answer is right. yes. Well, it was founded by, uh, founded by German Jews. Um, Coming to Palestine? Yeah. Uh, well... E- Right, it, but founded really in Germany as a concept, right. and then you know they raised the money and so forth, and it took a long time. It took, I, I think, close to two decades to get that started. But they did it, and 117 years ago, the hospital opened its doors. Well, people had a vision. So, yeah, thank God. And there are uh, a lot of things happening since. 
And they include? What are some of the things that are going on at Charit Sedek? Well, you know, um, a year or so ago, a year or two ago, when the hospital received international accreditation, the uh, the accreditors, which we've talked about, mm. the accreditors... Um, that was a big moment, actually. It was. It really was. It's particularly because, as I was going to say, the, the, the accreditors stood up in the hospital and said they, you know, there was a level of quality there that they, and these are people who have been all over the world and seen hospitals all over the place, and they they were, they, so sorry they were blown <laughs> away by the hospital, and they said as much, and I don't think they had any reason to, you know, to, to shade, you know, to uh, to make exactly. things up, exaggerate that, and what, for what? So they, they really said amazing things like that, but even with that, there's always room for improvement, so we know there's a, there's a problem in hospitals with infections, so Sharit Sedek is always looking to improve. There was a list of hospitals in Israel with infection rates put out a couple of months ago, and the Sharit Sedek was on the list like every other hospital, so they just marked an amazing milestone in the NICU, which we both care about sure. very much. Um, the, uh, neonatal the, the, the Uberfeld Family Neonatal Intensive Care Complex at Sharit Sedek was recognized by the Israeli Ministry of Health last week. Um, for achieving 324 days, that's almost an entire year without what they call a central line associated bloodstream infection in the NICU. That's a 65% decrease in in in, in infections. How'd they do it? Or we don't know the medical. Uh, they they uh, just um, they just really took a close look at what needed to happen to improve beyond even where they were, and they did it. And they went 324 days. Without anything, so which is which is amazing. So soon they'll hit the year mark. Like yeah, it's it's just amazing, and uh, you know, so they they called the whole NICU staff together and they uh, they they made you know they had lunch and they uh, they celebrated the moment. But really, it's an incredible you know it, it's an incredible testament to the uh, clear mandate to always get better, to always get better. And not just that, but but that there is a medical solution that they oh know, yeah that, that they they. Things don't have to be status quo. Correct. They, they can find a oh, way to do it. Oh, absolutely. So that was really, really important. Um, and then, you know, little things also. I mean, they just, uh, you know, we, we've talked about the fact that uh, there's this, you know, special vibe and mood at Sharit Sedek. And, and, and kids who come to the hospital for treatment, um, as you saw, we really have a, a sort of a special environment to be in. We talked about the day hospital um, and the fact that uh, there are kids who... Um, you know, when they, when they come to the hospital for, for treatment during the day, their siblings, you know, these are kids, unfortunately, with chronic conditions, their siblings sometimes are jealous that, they're, that their brother and sister, not only the attention, but right. that they're going to have so much fun right. at the hospital, they've which built is... A, they've built right. a children's hospital right. within a hospital. Right, That's which basically is... what they've done. Correct. And, it's, and they've done it by 2019 standards mm -hmm. with a lot of fun things. Right. I mean, we've seen it. A lot of fun things right. and, and a lot of serious things that appear to be fun. Correct. Meaning, meaning uh, you know, therapy methods mm -hmm. and and different um, right. uh, different procedures they do with the kids that you know are, are getting a lot done for the kid but they just are being done in a very fun correct. way correct and of course you you know we, we know that so much of care is is you know the uh, the emotional care and psychological care in the case of a child particularly you want them to be calm right and and relaxed and so they they just put in um, they just put in a virtual reality game in the uh, pediatric emergency room the kids can play while they're waiting um, in the uh, in the day hospital, um, an organization donated little cars, like n little like battery operated cars, that they now use to drive. The kids sometimes can drive themselves to procedures in these cars. They, I'm, I'm they, just shocked that some they, of the things the doctors allow. It's they phenomenal. they ride phenomenal. the kids ride yeah. through the halls in these little cars. Right. It's Very it's cool. fantastic. It next, is really next year's fantastic. kosher halftime show. We're on those cars. Yeah, I, I could we're, already see we're, Mayor. We're, com we're commandeering them. Right. 
I could see Mayer in the car. I can see the car flattened in pieces. And <laughs> well, it was a nice idea while it lasted. Mayer, what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen? Right. You know, they be, did, ba- be banned forever. <laughs> that's right. Um, they did something else recently that I found mind-boggling, not because it's the first ever in the world, but it's it's among the first in Israel. There are only two other institutions that are doing this in Israel. Now that now Shari Tzedek is on the list, they implanted an artificial heart. Um, and you know Israel, the the Ministry of Health clamps down on um, duplication. Right. They don't they don't need a lot of duplication. It's not such a big state. And um, as uh, Professor Halevi has said, he doesn't look for you know the marquee um, glamorous stuff. He just wants to have built departments that are doing what need to be done. So you. Don't generally get a heart transplant at Sharad Zedek because that's done somewhere else. Right. There aren't enough transplants done in Israel, um, you know, for better or for worse. I guess, thank God. But this is an artificial. But this heart. is an artificial heart. It's for patients who are in serious heart failure, and the, without a transplant of some sort, they're basically at the end of the line. And um, they implant next to the heart. They don't take out somebody's heart for for an artificial one, but they implant this pump, which is essentially an artificial heart. Um, and it will, it could give somebody another 10 good years. Unbelievable. And, you know, I mean, there's, it took, it took two years of planning to get to that point. They planned for two years before they did the first one of these. They found the right patient. They have to make sure that psychologically a patient is prepared to, you know, be tethered to electric or batteries for the, you know, probably for the rest of their life. Um, but um, there was a 72-year-old man from Beit Shemesh who was the first patient at Sharit Zedek to get this a couple of weeks ago. And they, we had some video of him walking through the halls. He said before the surgery, he would walk five steps, and it was like he'd done a marathon. And now he just, you know, he could resume his life. Unbelievable. And this is in addition to what we've learned about research and progress at Sharit Zedek in the uh, in the eye department, right? In the cancer department, that's right. Where speculation continues to grow that they're going to be at the forefront of please God, please God, a cure for cancer. Well, there was a big announcement yesterday. It didn't it didn't concern Sharit Zedek specifically, right. but out of Israel, there was right. an announcement uh, that uh, there was a group of researchers who say they can cure cancer within a year which is unbelievable right that's uh, wow what, what that would do for people and families is just remarkable mm-hmm. mayor i thank you thank and you and thank you to the american committee for shower tech medical center in jerusalem thank pleasure. you to rachel wolf thank who by the way has familial ties to atlanta georgia yes. I don't know if you're aware of that yes in fact you actually spent time with her relatives yesterday <laughs> right. i don't know if you're aware of that <laughs> I, I i am we we, we discussed oh, you it did briefly the whole Jewish the geography thing? Uh, that didn't come up actually but uh, but i did know about it so we thank her, and we thank you, and uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in and being part of this. It's been an amazing day, too. There, there are some phenomenal highlights of today's show from our guests, and I thank all of them for making this another extra special show here at the Young Israel of Toko Hills. Big thank you to Rabbi Starr, of course, uh, to the Atlanta Jewish Academy, Rabbi Lubitz, and to everybody who made today a very, very special day. Achenu Yisrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a Tuesday here at JMNAM tomorrow at Beth Jacob Congregation in Atlanta, Georgia. Join us at Beth Jacob tomorrow. Our big thanks to the Young Israel of Toco Hills. 
Our thanks to um, the American Committee for Charitetic Medical Center in Jerusalem. Our thanks to the Orthodox Union. Our thanks to Rabbi Starr. Our thanks to the Rothenberg Law Firm with the um, with the Kosher Halftime Show presentation this coming Sunday. Thank you to Leslie. Leslie, the office administrator at the Young Israel of Tokyo Hills. We did not realize coming into this trip that she would turn out to be the most important person in Atlanta. So thank you, Leslie. Thanks, of course, to our staff, Avrami and Yoni and Miriam and, and Yigal and uh, anybody else I'm leaving out. And ZK, etc., etc. Tomorrow, more from Atlanta, everybody. Pay careful attention to our social media all day long. You may actually get some uh, clips of the filming of our kosher halftime show. So tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future. <laughs>